about how fancy you are. I mean, check check all your sponsors at the bottom of the screen. Look at you. <laughs> the show's killing it. Bam, we're live. God, the show's killing it. I'm so excited. Thank you. Oh, although, I'm so excited for you. You deserve, deserve all the success. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, can everyone hear? Can you hear me? Okay. I can hear you. Okay. Can you hear me? I can. I just got some new. Um, I've been having some technical difficulties, and you're the first person with some new equipment today. Oh yeah, you sound good. Well, I was in Streamyard as well, and I was having awful difficulties the last couple of days. Okay, you sound good now. Hey, do you have a microphone? Is that a microphone down there? Yeah. Oh, I like that. It's Let great. me see. Will you tap on it like this? Then it mutes. Oh, now unmute it. I don't know. I don't know. Should I How about tap the, side, tap the side like this? Go like this. Yeah, I don't think that thing is turned on. Well, can I take it out? Um, no, oh, hold on. Wait. You sound like my wife. Um, Hello. Click, Hello. Uh, click, <laughs> hey, click on that settings button. You see it on the bottom there? Uh-huh. And then go up and click on audio. And then what's it say the microphone is set to? Oh, now you're muted. Oh, yeah, now it's working. Okay, unmute it. Tap it again. Tap it again. How about now? I yes. Feel like, okay, I feel like an old lady. No, no, it's good. It's good. <sighs> Thanks, Abby. You yeah. were always so good with technology. Thank you. Thank you. I'm trying. I'm trying. That's good. It's good for the listeners to hear that. They try to make fun of me. Uh, Philip they Kelly. Do? What? Yeah. They always. make fun of you? Oh. Uh, Philip I Kelly, I can't, I can't take it out. <laughs> Before we start, um, there's a lot of shows where people will be like, hey, I can't believe that you're talking to your guests like that or some shit like that. You have to understand, um, uh, Karen Thompson and I go way back. And we were uh, good friends at um, when we worked at CrossFit Inc. We were the people who, like, after breakfast meetings, we would go on walks and we would hang out wow. together. We, we, we did, did stuff besides just work. And um, she was cool as shit, and she was always sober at the parties, and we hung out a ton. So... But I haven't really caught up with you. In, in, I mean, I, I text with you, hi, or celebrate. We celebrate each other's uh, successes. Yeah. But I haven't talked to you, like, like talked to you, talked to you in, in a while. No, it's been, it's been a long time. I mean, you're always the first to celebrate any success you see of mine, which I'm super grateful of. And, you know, you were always the guy that looked out for me from oh. day one. Like, there was no one who I could depend on to know that I, ha that I had my back, who made sure I was safe. Because we traveled together a ton, right? Yeah, a ton. Like yep. various places. And um, you were for sure the person that I could depend on to just know that that you you, you made sure I was safe always. And I'm so Thank grateful you. for that. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, uh, um, whenever someone does say some shit like about like, uh, like asshole shit to me, like creepy shit, I'll be like, dude, I was the first person who would walk Karen Thompson to her hotel room every night. Like, what the fuck? Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. I and mean, let me we tell had you, a walking whisper as well. And, and let me tell you, I was, I was a good boy too. I never got creepy, or did I? Did I ever get creepy once? Never, ever did you ever Thank make you. me feel unsafe or compromised or Thank objectified you. in a way that I, I wanted to, but I didn't. <laughs> oh, God. But also, like, I mean, you know, it was, it was fun. It was just so, we just had so much fun. 
like wherever it, you are, there's always laughter and joy and fun. I was going to say the same thing about you. I always felt um, free around you. I always felt like I could say anything or act the way I want. I, could, I would dance in front of you. And, and that's saying a lot because I wouldn't <laughs> dance in front of anybody. I love that. Thanks. Hey, um, I, before we start, and I want to go way back to like your original duties with CrossFit. I do want to show people this. I cannot believe this lineup you have. I know, so, right? I don't know what you're talking about, but yes. Oh, Revive Fed. Oh. Originally, Greg, one of the reasons why Greg hired Karn is because Karn is so well connected. She has a crazy, crazy Rolodex. Pe everywhere she goes, people love her. She wrote the book Sugar Free uh, Revolution. Uh, she has some crazy uh, pedigree that she comes from. Her uh, grandfather was one of the first people, if not the first person ever, to do a heart transplant. She was the first person. The first person. And she has some, she knows so many people, but I want to, I just want to show everyone she is, th this isn't her first rodeo, by the way. She's done a ton of things like this, but she's putting on this conference and look at these speakers. It's crazy. This is nuts. This is nuts. That guy's been on the show, by the way. A bunch of these people have been on the show, That's but fine. Dr. Anthony Chafee's oh. been on the show and I love him. Mm -hmm. Great. And look, Asim is going to be there. Uh, this is crazy. Uh, Greg Glassman. Uh, Eads, the Eads are going to be there. Rob Wolf, this is nuts. Oh, Robert Lustig, yeah, Sean Lustig. Baker. Yeah, this is nuts. That's Nicole, a coin, uh, Michael Eads. What, what a group. What's the uh, what's the what, tell me what this is? What's the what is this? Revita Fest, okay? So, Revita Fest is a virtual health summit essentially where we uh where where i'm taking people over five days we're going through topics related to health so we really start with a question what is health it sounds like a really simple thing to answer but it's actually not right if i say to you hey savvy what's your definition of health if you weren't in the crossfit space it would be a lot harder for you to define right but what I'm is your definition of my doctor three times a year to have him stick his finger in my butt and give me a man <laughs> Okay, so we look at like what is health and then we go into like broken science and the hallmarks of health and all the stuff where we can really get a deep understanding of what health is and that is not just the absence of disease, right? Um, so we do that and then we go into various nutritional um, strategies, fasting, keto, uh, carnivore, um, like a little bit more like middle ground, paleo kind of stuff. Uh, we look at exercise and fitness. We have phenomenal people in the space talking about that. Um, and then we also go into relationships and orgasm and like a whole lot of like really, really, really? fun topics. It, yeah. go, it goes there? Yeah, we're, we're talking about sex and relationships. And so it's a, it's a holistic view of health, although I don't like the word holistic. It's a good description of what it is. It's an overview of health in all, like in, in various components. And by interviewing these experts, you know, the biggest thing that came out was that like our health is so dependent, not only on, um, you know, our biomarkers and the food we eat and the exercise we do, but it's so much based on community and mindset as well. And so those two factors are so important in determining not how healthy we are right now only, but how healthy we are going to be in the future. So it's been mm -hmm. fascinating. Anyway, so it's a five-day virtual event. It's going to be available for 90 days after um, all pre-recorded. It's me basically interviewing people for 20 minutes or a little bit longer, depending on how interesting they are. Not saying the people who are doing 20 minutes aren't interesting, but sometimes, you know, the conversations just kind of carry on and you don't want to end. 
Um, so that's what it is. And the whole concept came from, so, you know, I lost my job with CrossFit and then I was like, what the heck am I going to do? And I decided I, I was going to do what I knew how to do. And that was all organized like a health summit because that's really what I love doing love bringing people together love education and then also I'd gone to Coachella this year for the first time oh, will you guys come with me next year oh Debbie it was so much fun like we danced and community and everything was just wonderful so I have this vision of next year bringing together this component of this health education with this festival component and bringing it like so medical, not the boring medical conference that everyone goes to, but having this conference where people can learn and experience um, and, and mix it with this component of this festival where everyone dances and brings together this community and making health sexy and fun again, which the CrossFit community already does. But, you know, the CrossFit community reaches a certain amount of people, but we need to spread this message even further. So eventually, this will be a live. You're hope, hoping this will be a yeah. live with with a with a with a, a festive feel to it. Yeah, with music and dancing and celebration and everything. And um, Karen, um, sort of a pivot, but not a pivot. You also just celebrated your 19 years of sobriety. I did um, on Thursday. Yeah, congratulations! Yeah. And some people mm-hmm. might. That was kind of the trippy thing about you too. What I said about always feeling free around you, or I would dance around you because you were always sober too. Yeah, I was always sober. That's a hundred percent correct. Yeah. Um. What is it? Is that exciting? I, I could understand like your first year being exciting, being sober, but at nineteen years, is it still exciting? Yes, the greatest like accomplishment of my life, without a doubt. There's nothing. That like even when you mentioned it now, like I felt like this, like, like this, this like my, you know, I, I took a breath. Like I was like, this is incredible. I'm so, I'm so grateful for this sober life. There's nothing I want more. And you, and you have two sons. I do. I have two boys, fourteen and sixteen, who are so much trouble at the moment. But you know, they're great, and they love you so much. You were always oh, so kind to them, and oh, good. Yeah, they just look up to you. Oh, good. Hey, and, and so you got sober three years before you even had kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was three years sober when I had Jamie. Yeah, that's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. No, God, just- you're an inspiration. And the Revita Fest is going back to your roots, which yeah. is organizing events of this nature, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I organized this, the low carb convention in South Africa in 2014, 2015. Um, I was living there at the time and Prof Noakes and I were doing work. We had a sugar addiction clinic together and he was getting into a ton of trouble because he was starting to talk about low carb in the management. He had a sugar addiction clinic? Yeah, we had an inflation sugar addiction clinic. I didn't even know that. Okay. Yeah, that's why I wrote that book. Not because I wanted to write a book. I was never I never thought I was gonna write a book. That was just they the publishers asked me to write this book. But anyway, Prof Noakes at the time was getting a ton of flack. Like he was being reported to the medical boards by dietitians who didn't believe that the low carb diet was safe for people with diabetes. And now looking back, you're like, really? How can this even be a thing? But it was. And, um, and so I felt so sorry for him that he was facing all this backlash by himself that I decided that the only way we we're going to do this was to create, 
to bring the world experts to South Africa to bring the science and to show that low carb was indeed safe within this community, right? And so I started organizing this conference and I remember Prof Noak saying to me, you're going to bankrupt us. And I was like, possibly, but I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> and um, so we organized this massive three-day conference at the Cape Town Convention Center. I reached out to Gary Taubes and Eric Westman and Jay Wartman and Asim and like a whole lot of people. And everyone said yes. Because they had never, ever been in the same space together. They all felt like these isolated people in this landscape where they knew this truth, but no one was willing to stand together. And so when they came to Cape Town, it was the first time that many of them who had been communicating online had come together in the same space. And so it was a phenomenal event. It was so successful. It was wonderful. And Jason Fung at that time was an unknown person in this health space, right? He had just started talking about fasting and diabetes on, on YouTube. And I interviewed him the other day for RevitaFest. And he was like, you know, Karin, um, you gave me an opportunity to be seen. It was after that conference that my career really took off. And um, I mean, that was like the biggest compliment in the, in the whole world. And so I'm so grateful that Jason, anytime I ask him something, he just says yes. <laughs> He's a phenomenal human, honestly. I love him. <laughs> and uh, the if you if you look at the um, guy, he's on the top row, uh, second from the left. That's Jason Fung. He also has a video where he spoke at the CrossFit Health Conference, yeah. which of course Karen uh, organized, and it is the most popular video on CrossFit.com in I don't know the last three, four years, five years. So you can just put them in order of most popular, and you can hear him uh, speaking. And, and, and that was a huge get for CrossFit that Karin brought him to speak at the games that year. Sorry, go ahead, Karin. I want to make sure. No, I think it's one of the most, no, I interrupted you. I think it's one of the most popular videos on CrossFit, regardless of like the, the age, but it was recorded three, right. four years ago. Right. Yeah, ab ab absolutely. Kind of crazy because it, it has nothing to do with movement. It's the, it's, it, his talk is strictly the bottom of the pyramid, nutrition. Yeah, the base, right? So, so your homeboy, Tim Noakes, uh, who uh, Greg often uh, refers to as the greatest, um, uh, what is it, greatest, uh, not nutritional scientist, uh, not fitness Sport scientist, scientist? sports scientist uh, to, to ever live on the planet. He's worked with some of the greatest athletes, you know, in, in the world. Um, he was being attacked and, and he was a, a fantastic runner and triathlete himself, too. Right. A marathoner, triathlete. And he not marathon, yeah. marathoner. He was um, he came down with type two diabetes and he it, it sent him on a journey to try to find the cure. He went low carb. And then you're saying through that. That disturbed the status quo in South Africa, the powers that be tried to take away his medical license. And then one of the things to fight back is you brought in experts from all over the world and did a conference saying like, hey, look at all these smart people also say low carb is the way. Yeah, absolutely. And we made like um, the front page of the newspapers and we were all over the show, like everywhere. It was absolutely spectacular. It was really, I'm not like blowing my own horn and it wasn't because of me. Like I literally was just the organizer, but um, it was incredible. It was honestly one of, it was the best event I've ever done without a doubt. This is no exaggeration, people. And Karin, stop me if where I'm off, but basically this was a famous doctor who started telling people to stop basically eating refined carbohydrates yeah, and the country true. fucking attacked him and tried to take away his fucking medical degree. 
and then it cost him millions of dollars in legal fees. I, I think I think I remember yeah. Greg gave him like fifty grand to fight to to help yeah. with his legal fees. Yeah, he then had to uh, fight his case in court as well because dietitians then um, actually sued him. So the Health Professions Council of South Africa just for saying don't eat refined carbohydrates. Well, this was from a tweet. A tweet. A breastfeeding mom had asked if it was safe for her to eat low carb while she was breastfeeding, uh-huh. and he had responded saying something like. Yeah, eat meat and vegetables. You know what I mean? Like basically like the CrossFit nutrition prescription. And um, they went off. Like they went crazy, went to the Health Professions Council of South Africa. They um, they opened a case against Prof. Knox. And this was like all funded by, you know, something bigger. Because I had gotten and gotten approved. Um, C- so in South Africa, it's called CPD, which is CME in the United States. I had gotten the conference in South Africa approved for that. And suddenly overnight, they decided to revoke it. And I was furious. I got on the call with this lady from the Health Professions Council of South Africa who had approved it. I was like, what is going on? This is bullshit. And she was like, I don't know what to tell you. The only thing I can tell you is that there was like the secret meeting with these dietitians. And we were told that under no circumstances was your conference allowed to be accredited any longer. And I was like, my lawyers will be in contact with you very shortly. And I remember turning to my husband, Steve, at the time. And I was like, Steve, I don't know how I'm going to afford this, but but we've got to fight this. Like, this is the right thing to do. It was like, I'll, more, I'll remortgage the house. It's okay. Let's just do it. You do whatever you need to do. Yeah. You do whatever you need to do to fight this. I remember like getting on the call with the lawyer. We worked the whole night. We got all our evidence together. We went to them. We were like, listen, you do not want to get in this legal case with us. And they reinstated the points. Oh, they did. Yeah. Hey, hey, if I wanted to put on a conference that said eating sugar is healthy, it is the way it is the only way to my father in the heavens and to blah, blah, blah. Could I do that? And no one would stop. I think those conferences exist already. No Uh, one would stop me, right? (laughs) No, no one would stop me. They'd be like, yes, absolutely. Let's do it. In fact, Where's Coca-Cola to sponsor and any of the junk food brands? You would make so much money. Seriously. So if I, if, I, if I did a conference that said, hey, I want you to eat um, Top Ramen and um, uh, Honey Nut Cheerios um, every for every single meal, no one would stop me. No, because you know what? The dietary guidelines state that that's exactly what you should be doing. Hey, did you hear that um, YouTube is now making it that if you don't – if you the AMA, American Medical Association and World Health Organization, if you go against them. Yeah, I did. And I even saw Thomas DeLauer's um, Instagram post yesterday that was like, they're even, they're even, I think, owning the term sunlight. So you need to get a doctor's sign off in order to expose yourself to sunlight. I mean, this is lunacy, crazy. You know, here's the thing, Sebi, this is the stuff that Greg was always fighting against that i don't think right. many people understood it's the censorship it's taking away our freedom of speech it's taking away it's like you know his crossfit health motto or like let's start with the truth it's taking away that we are no longer allowed to start with the truth I, i'm kind of surprised uh, to be honest with you uh, that thomas is um speaking up against this um why because I know he, because he, he makes his living in this area, and I'm sure he's, I'm, I'm guessing he's concerned that they're, that they would shut him down for speaking the truth. 
Um, I think it's, I mean, his post was kind of mild, right? I don't Where, think... which one is, which one? Oh, oh, here it is. Oh, he, okay. Well, he did. He went for it. Under the new YouTube guidelines for health information, they've categorized sunlight in the medical category. This means that only content from doctors and approved sources can have videos on sunlight be visible. Sunlight, really? Houston, we have a problem. Good on you, Thomas. Yeah, totally. And I mean, you know, Thomas is always one that kind of, is very measured in his approach to, um, you know, to addressing things. And so when he speaks up, you know, there's an issue. I need to like this post. How do I do that? Were you just banned from YouTube again? What, what did you do? Oh, this morning. You know what happened this morning is I, 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 I was just told, uh, Instagram told me they're giving me a 24-hour timeout. You know what actually happened, though, what? is I was – I was typing something on a friend of mine's Instagram account. Um, uh, what's his name? Pedro. He has a co- he has a podcast called Coffee Pods and Wads. Coffee Pods. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. and I kept posting yes, and it would say it didn't post. So I posted again yes, and then he texts me on the side. He goes, "Dude, you posted yes nine times on my account already." I'm like, "Oh, it's telling me it's not sticking." And then so I think the next time I posted, they're like, "Hey, dude, we're giving you a timeout." But it's funny because. On the next one that I posted, I posted, I told someone that they were mentally ill. And that was the one that got me. Wow, Sam. That's the one that got me. uh, That's the one that got me. uh, uh, Joe Westerlin, ask Karen about G-Bone. Who's G-Bone? I love Joe. I don't know. Joe takes me. Who's G-Bone? Refresh my memory here. G-Bone. Joe Westerlin, plumbers and electricians now significantly more know more about carpentry than medical professionals know about diet and exercise and health. Totally. Same with mechanics. Same with uh, oh, auto mechanics. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but there well, are good, don't get me wrong. There are good doctors out there. But there they, are. Uh, but I don't yes. think the majority of them, but I don't, I think we've, I, I told, I went to Kaiser the other day and the doctor told, gave me a list of things to do to be healthy. And number one was always cook with canola oil. Here's the thing though. It's our healthcare system that's fucked up. Yeah. Doctors are not allowed to speak the truth. They he will be penalized. They will lose their jobs as well. But I'm sure this guy just didn't know. Karn, he didn't know what autophagy was. I go, what do you think what? about autophagy? He goes, I don't know what that is. I go, what do you think about fasting? He goes, do not fool around with fasting. Oh, my gosh. Okay, why did you go there, by the way? Just curious. The, uh, what I had some – what did I go there for? I had a bump on my on was it my, I had a bump on my gum, Ooh. and I just wanted him to look at it, and, and he said, to, you, when "No, you're, no. Okay. So, so he goes, oh, my boss is here today. He the he's a teeth, nose, and throat whatever specialist. So he looked at it too, and they're like, oh, it's fine, it's nothing. And I came home, and my mom's like, you need a third and fourth opinion. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> good for her. I love Rosemary. How <laughs> I'm like, great. Uh, she's great. She's great. Anyway, so is your gum okay? Did you get more opinions? No, I didn't. It's fine. It's fine. It's it's okay. totally. Um, but but I had started flashing back. I started flashing back to when I was chewing tobacco. I was I didn't chew tobacco very long, like for six months, and I was like, "Fuck! I wonder if I've like you know." I went straight to like I have cancer and I'm dying. Oof! Yeah, I know that feeling. It happens in the middle of the night. Yeah, girls live live in that oh in that space. Women live oh. in that space. Totally. Google fuck women up. Oh my god, it's the worst. The- what is this? I need to have this diagnosed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to go back. I want to go back in time yeah. um, to when you first came to CrossFit. 
and I want to tell you like in three sentences what I remember, and then you kind of t add to it if you want. Um, Greg had this pet project that was very serious, and he started a whole new department in the company about it, and it was called CrossFit Health. And very quickly, it turned into exposing the ills of modern medicine, meaning the things that medicine was doing that were actually hurting people um, or the corruptness in it. And quickly, it, it, like I saw in your interview with Greg, everywhere he looked, he found it. It wasn't like he had to search for it. It was like every rock you looked up, there was fucking corruption. Everything. And you were the... I think the, f the first and only director of that program, basically you came on and that became your program. And then when Greg sold the company, and because of the title, I don't blame people for misunderstanding because of the title, when the company was bought, the people who bought the company thought CrossFit health meant, um, it had nothing to do with the ills of modern medicine. It was about like selling shit. It was about like, the healthcare space like hey let's um let's let's bring doctors into the gyms and let's make sure people can get easy prescriptions at their gym and it became kind of the opposite of what greg was trying to push is the way i took it greg was trying to be like trying to bring doctors in to educate them about crossfit and then when the company was sold it became hey let's let doctors educate crossfitters like the script got flipped yeah it did is that a is that a, can can you go back how did you first meet greg can you tell me oh. that yeah, I was doing a, were you, I don't know if you were there. I think Jimmy was there. Um, I was doing a, a talk on sugar addiction at a conference in San Diego, actually, okay. um, with Gary Taubes and like all, all that whole crew. And I did, I did my talk and I like left the stage and I went, went to the, to the sound guy at the back to give my mic back. And this guy stopped me and he was like, Hey, I loved your talk. And I was like, Oh, thank you so much. And um, I was like, what's your name? And he said, my name's Greg. And I was like, Oh, okay. What do you do? And he said to me, I'm the founder of CrossFit. And I was like, whatever. CrossFit doesn't have a founder. I was doing CrossFit in South Africa at that time. Oh, but shit. We, we didn't. What? Yeah. And my son's yeah. school at a place wow. called CrossFit MP. So I would drop the boys at school and then walk across the parking lot to this little CrossFit box called CrossFit MP. It was freaking amazing, but we didn't have like wherever the games were screamed, we didn't have access to those TV networks. I had no idea CrossFit had a founder. I thought CrossFit was a sport like um, football and cricket. Like I never questioned where it came from. I just did it because I loved it and I was so effective and the community was so great. And so I've been doing CrossFit. Um, we didn't have access to the games or anything. I didn't know it existed. I don't think I was on Instagram much at all during that time because I had small kids. And so when Greg came up to me at this conference and told me that he was at the founder of CrossFit, I was like, yeah, whatever. And um, also because my grandfather had done the first heart transplant, I was so used to people bullshitting, like being, oh, yeah, I was on the first heart transplant. I was like, I never believe anything anyone says until they prove it to me. So, um, so you told him that he must have flipped. He no, I didn't. I just kept quiet. Oh. I just was like, oh, OK. And so I texted my brother. I was like, hey, there's this guy. He says his name's Greg Glassman and that he's the founder of CrossFit. Like, is that true? And and Tian came back to me meeting. He was like, uh, yes, absolutely. Like please get his autograph. I am obsessed with him because Tiana introduced me to CrossFit because he'd been living in London and had like was obsessed. And so anyway, so Greg and I became friends and we hung out and then I invited him to South Africa to do a conference there with Prof Noakes. 
And I was moving to the, to the U.S. anyway. We um, wanted to get our kids out of South Africa because it had become so dangerous. And there really wasn't much opportunity for, like, two little boys there. Karen, so we did you were, introduce Greg to Tim Noakes? He had never met Tim Noakes until you introduced I'd him. I'd never met Tim Noakes. He said Tim Noakes, oh, like, geez. never really responded to him. And so I think, you know, Greg was so grateful for the opportunity to meet Prof um, and then to speak with him. And they, you know, so... And now they're good friends. Now they're close friends. Yeah. Now they're close. Now yeah. They are, yeah. After, yeah, Prof Noakes is so grateful to Greg. I mean, Prof Noakes' crossfit journey is phenomenal. Like this man, like I had, I interviewed him for Revite Affairs. And once again, he just mentioned like how CrossFit's changed his life. His trainer is like one of the most inspirational people in his life. And um, his body is different. His whole family is doing CrossFit. And this is a man who's like in his late 70s who's who takes his shirt off during workouts. He's super conservative, but he's like busting out and living this free, wonderful existence. Yeah, that's Prof. Uh, this is a, a a powerhouse of a man. Uh, he's very, very close to Karin. So Karin just throws his name around as if it's just like, uh, you know, a, a dear friend. It is a dear friend to Karin. But if you haven't read anything by Professor Noakes, uh, you should at, at least go to his wiki page and learn who he is and his contribution to uh, to sports medicine. Okay, cool. Okay, so that's how you met him. And then you stayed in – how long before you worked for CrossFit after you met Greg? And how did that happen? Did, did the, um, the, the CrossFit Health didn't exist when he met you, right? No. No, no, no. It was just a concept. So then I moved to the U.S., moved to Palm Springs. We were going to set up this obesity center here. Um, and then as I arrived here, Greg called me up and he was like, Hey, I really want you to come work with me and set up this new division or whatever called CrossFit Health. And I was like, okay, yeah, that sounds amazing. There's nothing I want to do more than be part of this big mission, um, that you're obviously so passionate about. And the stuff that Greg had been doing was so impressive. Like the NSCA case, the, um, the way that he would go off the big soda, like I had never met somebody as brave as Greg in speaking the truth and standing up for people who have no voices, right? And I, you know, what I've seen in working in the CrossFit community, nobody really understands the gravity of what Greg did. It looked like Greg was just wasting money or Greg was just like going after something else, but it's not because the affiliates were established. They are the core of the business. It's the trainers. Like they keep CrossFit going, but Greg had to go against everything that threatened that livelihood, the professionalization of the CrossFit trainer. And he went after it fearlessly fighting like everyone and everything, even when it made no sense to anybody else and for that I have so much respect because you know not only was he being attacked by external forces but like he was being looked down on by people within the company as well at times I, I, anyway, I also kind of I, of no 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 I appreciate it I, I I get like that too when when I when I hear his name um I also want to I want to tell you guys something that was very interesting about Karn's position that I see happen over and over and over again just in the world it's crazy so Karin got this position, and I don't know if you're going to remember it like I did, but every Tom, Dick, and Harry that had a PhD or was a doctor started coming after her position. So imagine they they, they fill the they make Karin the head of the CrossFit uh, Health Department, and all these doctors and PhDs come out of the department and start trying to basically take her job. They start courting Greg to take her job, thinking that because that they were doctors or because they were PhDs, they could fucking run that department. And it was nuts, and they couldn't run the department. They didn't have the contacts they had, and they didn't know what she knew. 
They didn't, they, they had, they had forgotten that they were trained by pharma and that this wasn't a, and, and, and the irony is, is that the second Greg sold the company, that's what they did. They basically replaced Karin. I'm, and I apologize. You, maybe you're not allowed to talk about this or, or not, but, but, um, the way I remember it happened is, is as soon as the company was sold, they replaced her with a doctor, a doctor who had no idea what CrossFit health was really about. And, uh, in, 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 it lost its way. It, it didn't become about finding the, uh, exposing the ills of modern medicine. And, no, and, it, no, it, it, and it, it was a tragedy to me. It broke my heart. It broke, it was, it was, yeah. Yeah. It broke my heart too. But, um, I think, you know, Greg didn't bring me on because I, because he needed somebody who had a PhD. Greg's smarter than most people I know. Right. Great. Um, he brought me on because he, saw something in me he wanted me to be the cruise director like the cruise director of the love boat that's what he always used to say you know it was like steering this ship of crossfit health um it wasn't that i was the smartest person at all by any means but you also not only did you have the contacts um but you had the experience you had the you had the big picture and you had the personal experience you went through your own addiction uh situation um but you had all the contacts also you knew all the experts for some reason, you were the black hole that had all the gravity that drew all the experts to you. I mean, it was just it was impossible for any per person to maintain all those relationships. And you were the hub for that. <laughs> I love relationships. They're my favorite thing. But, you know, yes, it was definitely because of the relationships that I had built and people trusted me. And I feel very yeah, grateful. My you. People trust the fuck out of you. The what? People trust the fuck out of you. Yeah. And, and you know, yeah. here's the thing, like, I really, really take that very seriously. It's very important for me to respect these people, like every single one of them that I reached out to, to ask if they would be a part of Revite, they said, yes, this was going to be a one day event. It turned into a five day event because everyone said yes. And I was like, so humbled and so grateful and so blown away that so many people would just be like, absolutely, whatever it is, like, I don't even know, need to know what it is. But We'll do it. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was just very, very special. But, you know, I think saving just going back to like when CrossFit Health started, like I wasn't very liked. It was a difficult space to come into. You were very kind and very generous to me and at that time. And I will always love and respect you because of that. But it was, you know, a lot of people didn't want this to happen. Like it was not something that people embraced. Like they did not understand the bigger picture of what CrossFit Health was. Um, and that it wasn't that Greg wanted to necessarily like shift the entire company to become CrossFit Health. But he was so intent on protecting the affiliates and the trainers. Yeah, yeah. What, where do you know? So when, when did you, when did you leave CrossFit? So, so when Rosa came, there was a window where I was still there for like three months. Yeah. I don't think they could let me go because of some sort of money they had taken um, from the government so that they no. couldn't fire, they couldn't fire people. And then that day came and then they let a bunch of us go. They let myself, Brian, Kathy, uh, Haley, Paula, there was a whole crew of us that were kind of in that circle close to Greg and they let us all go. And then you stayed on. Yeah, I did. For, for, how, for how long? Until four months ago. For, really? Only until four months ago? Yeah. And is there a CrossFit Health Department still there? I don't know, to be honest. Okay. Like, I actually, it's not even that I, it's not that I Where can't talk about I, I don't know what is happening. Yeah, I understand. And then were you in the CrossFit Health Department when you left? Um. 
don't think they could ever really find a place for me. Um, they kind okay. of moved me around between places and things and people. And um, I was in the technology department for a bit. And then I got moved to the data department. And then I got moved to EDU. And that's where it like, or that's training. That's what, what training. I call training. Yeah, okay. training. And then that's kind of where it ended. Okay. Okay. And then, and then, so, so basically they never quite found a place for you, but they knew you were talented. So they didn't want to get rid of you, but then finally they got rid of you. I mean, I don't know. You know, I, I think that my time there was spent just desperately, desperately trying to prove myself, but never really having the opportunity to do that. Um, and that was hard. Like that was very hard on my self-esteem. It was very hard on. Yeah. 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 You know, you know how it is. Like it was, it yeah. was a very challenging time. And then when I lost my job, I mean, that broke my heart into a million little pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Broke my, my bank account into a million little pieces too. <laughs> um, and God, I was making so much money. I'm going to make that much money again, though. I'm getting close. Look at all your sponsors. I mean, I want us to tell you this, too. Those aren't even my sponsors. My sponsors don't get to be on the screen. Those those ones, and I, I'm not saying this to be cheesy, those are my friends. So those are all people who who have come in just like um, – like, hey, like they just call you and they're like, Hey, I want to support the show. And I'm like, they're like, how much can we give you? It's it, yeah. The other, the other, the sponsors are, um, uh, uh, draft It's a gambling site. Um, and then, um, eight sleep. That's a, um, a, a bed company. Ooh. And then, um, manscape the one, the, for shaving balls. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. Do you actually use the product? On my face, I used it this morning. I don't use it on my balls. No, I was I, I was thinking your beard looks sensational. Thank you. So um so then so then you you when you leave, you basically just go back to you I, you did the same thing I did. You go back to what you know. Okay, what I do is I'm a I'm a cruise director and I'm a hub for all these really powerful cool intelligent people who have a strong message and you're like i'm just gonna um curate those people and pre start presenting them to the world yeah i mean i was devastated i was in the same boat as you i'm like i'm a well not quite the same boat but i'm like i'm a single mom yeah i have no family here i have no one who can support me financially i'm 100 percent responsible for myself and my kids i get no support from you know my ex um he's a good guy and we're good friends right but i was petrified i've never been that scared in my entire life and in fact i got a call which shocked me because all my projects had just been approved and like looking I back it. You, you all your projects had been approved yeah 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 and then that makes sense because it's, it seems like they wanted to hand it over to somebody else but you know whatever the case may be they um you know i lost i lost my job and i just i i was in shock i was in complete and utter shock i I just went into every like disaster scenario, you know, like Googling what your ailment is and finding out your cancer. I was like, I'm going to lose my house. I'm going to lose my kids. I'm going to lose yeah. everything. Hell's like, I'm petrified. And I remember calling Steve and being like, Steve, I lost my job. And I just couldn't stop crying that whole day. I felt so pathetic. But, um, you know, there were a couple of people who reached out to me and they pulled me out of that hole. And within a day I was like, okay, I've just got to, I've just got to like, 
I've just got to do this. Like, I don't know if I'll be able to get another job. So I need to make this for myself. And also at that point, I made this decision that I didn't ever really want to work in the corporate space for a corporate company because of the experience that I had. And, um, and the way that, you know, like only certain information can be put out and whatever happens there. Like, and, and I had a great time working across, but don't get me wrong. I think that it's a very difficult, what they're doing is a, is a difficult job. And, and, and I respect you ever there. But so anyways, I was in this dark, dark, dark hole. And I reached out to uh, my friend, Gabrielle Lyon, actually, and Quadjo. And, um, She's, quite famous. She's quite famous. Oh, God. Like, you're all over. Phenomenal. I... Yeah love that woman with my whole heart you know she she pulled me out of this dark place like in a big way she was like listen you're gonna get on the phone with me right now and she's busy I mean she has a phenomenal podcast she's you can go to drgabriellelion.com she has a phenomenal podcast she's like just the most spectacular human she's her book forever strong she's about to come out like she's a powerhouse of a woman married to Navy SEAL works with like these like with a lot of like high functioning entrepreneurs and, and, and people in the military anyway she's like this is what you're gonna do you're gonna write out your dream job and you're gonna send it to me and it was such a good thing for me to focus on that that, that I sat there and I was like okay what am I passionate about what is it that I want to do because I kind of lost touch with what it is that I wanted to do and how I wanted to show up in the world and um you know the first thing that I wrote out was like I love events I love bringing people together I love education I love having fun I love um, relationships and so this was a natural thing for me to do and I'm actually organizing an event for her in Austin next year January 14th um, where she's speaking and um, with a guy called Jason Redman and an entrepreneur called Gaydras Kulian um, and a CIA agent called Evie Pampuris and a phenomenal trainer called Don Saladino and so we're doing this in-person event there that I'm organizing for her so that's exciting and then I'm actually doing an event for CrossFit as well oh I heard that that's awesome hey right. that's always a good sign when you well, when, like, when the company that you part with you're still part you're still working with that's a good sign I like that I love Dave and I love Nicole and um I learned so much from both of them I mean no one run ran a department like Dave and Nicole CrossFit training, the way the trainers were trained, the respect that they had for them, the way that that department was like a family. They were so close. They were so respectful. They were grounded in these values that were just, I would look at it and I'd be like, oh my God, I could never, ever do what these people are doing. Um, and, you know, it was, you know, it's not easy to win their trust either, Dave and Nicole. No, right? no, no, they... no, no. Easy to lose it though. I've lost it a few times. Easy to lose it. Yeah, me too with Dave at least. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so I've got those things coming up, which is exciting. And then hey, hopefully bringing back the DDCs. When, when, I, oh, uh, interesting. Um, when, when they fired me, I remember I came home. Yeah. And I, and I remember looking around my house and I remember thinking, shit, I really don't want to lose this house. And, I looked at my wife and I said, Hey, I would rather live in a van with our kids um, than lose this house. Meaning like, I'd rather like move in a van and rent the house out. And I remember her saying, yeah, sure. We could live in a van with the kids. And as soon as she said that, I felt this weight of the world. Do you know oh, what I mean? Like, uh, 
like lift off of me. And, and you know, what's interesting too, Karn, my story is the same way I had the, the same way that Gabrielle Lyons, like, um, kind of like, Hey, slapped you around a little bit. That's what, uh, Dave and Sousa and my wife did too. They just, they, they uh, Hey, numb nut, stop fucking wasting energy on tripping and, um, and start putting that energy into doing something you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I hear you. That's, I mean, Dave was so, I mean, Dave was honestly like when I lost my job, he was phenomenal. He was so he was? Dave was, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And Nicole. I didn't even Dave know you was. had a relationship like that with him. I mean, I don't really have a relationship with Dave by any means, but he was very kind. He was, he was very kind. He's really going to hate the fact that I'm saying this on, on air. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, was kind of, I was kind of surprised how, how kind he was i mean he went out of his way to fucking like come over to my house and like pick me up like pick me up oh in his own way you know what i mean there's yeah. a heart in there well that that's 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 good to hear that makes me really happy to hear that uh don't be homeless twice please okay fine yes please don't wad zombie thanks wad zombie for supporting savvy yeah all these these dudes are great Aww. Um, so, so then you, so, so this is where you're at now and you're throwing this event and then, and then, so you have two other events lined up. Um, w the one with Gabrielle Lyons on January 14th and what, what are you doing for CrossFit? What's the event you're, you're helping them put on? I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it. So I okay. don't know. We might have can to do another segment. Okay, great. I would love to talk about it when you can. It, it, can but you it's really freaking exciting, like beyond exciting, like phenomenal. Can you tell me, is it in 2023 or 2024? 24. Okay, exciting. Can you, tell me, can you tell me if it's related to the games at all? No, I love the games, though. It's super fun, and I can't yeah. believe they're moving to Fort Worth. It looks spectacular, and Dave's back and in charge. So it's going to be bigger and better than ever before. Like, I love the games. Like, we all used to be together at the games. It was the best. It was the best. Hey, I'm going to switch gears here. What's it look like if someone's addicted to, if someone's like, huh, I wonder if I'm addicted to, to, to sugar. What would that, what does that look like? Well, it's any, like any addiction, the definition really is the compulsive pursuit of a behavior or substance, despite the negative consequences, right? So you are eating sugar or refined carbs or junk food, despite like being morbidly obese or diabetic or, you know, it's affecting your health or your well-being in a negative way. Like you're secretly doing it. You're um, spending money. You don't have to do it. Uh, you know, so it's like this compulsive pursuit where like no consequences matter and you can't stop no matter what. It's the same with alcohol. It's the same with drugs. It's it's it really is doing something despite the severe negative consequences it has on your health, your relationships, your financial um, well-being, your psychological, like your mental space. So what does it look like for sugar? I mean, you know, it's hard. I started out saying it was just like sugar addiction, but really it's refined carb addiction. It's, um, you know, this combination of sugar, uh, salt, sugar, and fat, and fat really being the vegetable oils and that stuff, like the research that's coming out is that, like that stuff is so poisonous and so toxic um, and probably worse for you than, than just having like pure sugar, right? So um, junk food is chemically engineered to make us want to eat more. It, um, you know, it's, it's something that's called the bliss point that these um, food engineers, there are chemical engineers that engineers food to be highly palatable, 
but um, it doesn't allow us to realize that we're satiated. That's why you can eat Oreos or junk food and you can just keep eating and eating and eating, but you can't do that with broccoli and you can't do that with roast chicken and you can't do that with steak. Your body's going to be like, I cannot have any more of that, but you can keep eating this junk food because it overrides your biological systems, right? And you move from this way of, being eating homeostatically to becoming this hedonic eater, which is eating for pleasure. So everything in your life becomes about this constant seeking of pleasure. And then you need more and more of the substance to reach the same pleasure for the same dopamine to be released for the same high to be experienced. Right. And so, you know, we look at sugar and refined carbs and junk food and we look at it and we're like, well, it's not really an addictive substance because there's not somebody lying in the gutter with a needle in their arm, but look at the burden of chronic disease in our country. I mean, come on. I like that word you use, hedonic eater. Oh, yeah. It's the two pathways, homeostatic pathways and hedonic pathways. Hedonic is for pleasure pleasure, and homeostatic is for, yeah. for, for what? Like your, your body's natural biological response, being able to tell you when you're full, like when you eat um, meats and vegetables, nuts and seeds. Like you can eat to a point where your body's like, I'm full, I'm satiated, I cannot have any more. Whereas if you were having chocolate cake, you could have – 10 times the calories that you did in the like chicken and broccoli, right? But you would just keep going, keep going, because you're not eating to satiate yourself and to support your biological processes. You're eating for pleasure. Like there's no reason you're eating chocolate cake because you think your body needs that. Well, this is this is going into the psychological realm, but um, I heard this guy say this quote this thing the other day that I'm gonna tell you in one second, but first I'm gonna tell you a quick story. So I saw this thing in Amazon. It came up CBD gummies, right? Yeah. And I don't do CBD or THC. I don't do anything. But I ordered them, right? And they came, and I forgot they were there. And then, <sighs> and then I saw them there one night, and it was like ten o'clock at night. I was putting like a light bulb away or something in a closet, and then there's there's the thing of CBD gummies. So I open it, I look, and it says to only have two. So of course I eat two before I go to bed, and then. I know I shouldn't be eating them. They're sweet and sugar and they're covered in sugar. And then I go back again before I go to bed and I eat like eight more. Right. And so I've had 10 and then like every other night for the next like five nights, I'm doing that. I'm eating like 10 before I go to bed, but I'm not eating, eating them for the CBD. I'm eating because it's candy and I don't have candy yes! in my life, but I'm eating them because they're candy. But as I'm eating them, I hear my brain saying, telling me the voice in my head saying, um, you shouldn't have one, let alone 10. I mean, it's like really calm. It's just telling me like, dude, what are you doing? So yeah. chill. What's the same yesterday, with this? Yeah. So let me just add this one thing and then I'll hand it over to you. Yesterday, I heard a guy say this. who was an ex-con. He says, he said, if you don't listen to yourself, no one will listen to you. And I don't know if that's, the, I don't know if that's algebra and balancing, but I, I it, it kind of rocked me. I'm not even listening to myself, and I went straight to my kids. How do I expect my kids to listen to me? I'm not even listening to myself. Do you have any thoughts on that? But it, 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 it kind of like, it, right, there's two things here. One, we're talking about diet, but one, we're also talking about like this, this I don't know, this, this, this bigger picture manifestation thing. How would I expect oh, the world to listen to me if I'm not even listening to myself? Oh, 100%, but it's like, it's, it, 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 it affects every area of your life. Like if I don't respect myself, how can I expect anybody to respect me? Right. So if you're I using the word respect in, in, in switching for listening. Like if you're not listening and respect, you're using those interchangeably. No, it, it, it really, it's, it's like, 
it can be, we can use any word in, okay. we can insert any word there. If I don't love myself, how can I expect anybody else to love me? If I don't, right. Um, right. you know, it's about leading by example. It's about being, it's, it's about being authentic. Yeah. Yeah. This guy also said this interesting thing too. You have to think that you're better than everyone else. And he didn't mean it like as in, um, yeah, it was, it's, it's an interesting phenomenon, not better. Like, I took it as you have, you have to believe in yourself to be, um, the best, the best at what you do. I, yeah. you, you really have to believe that you're the best at what you do. Yeah. Well, no one else is going to believe that. Yeah. Right. 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 I guess that's no I, right. One. Right. And if you want them to believe it, you better at least start by believing it yourself. Or acting as if you do at least to start. Yeah. Yeah. You okay with faking I mean, it? Till you make it. Oh, totally. I had to do that for like the first couple of years of my recovery. Yeah. And what, what do you mean by that? What's that look like? Uh, it just means like trying to believe enough, believe that I didn't need a drink or anything, that I was successful, that I did have self-esteem, like all the stuff that addiction had taken from me. I had to act as if I had it until yeah. I was able to actually embody it. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. Here's the thing, Tevi, like I am not blind enough to see that there are many people the majority of people would love to see us fail you and me yeah yeah they really would there are a couple of really nice people but i can tell you that there are people in the sidelines just rooting for us not to be successful rooting for us not to fail because when we fail we meet their expectation of what they're achieving in their life right and it justifies to them that that's okay it's okay to play it small it's okay not to succeed but it's not and, um, you know, what we're doing here is hard. It's hard putting ourselves out there. This is difficult. Like, it looks like you're just sitting there behind your microphone and you show up every day. But I know that the amount of energy and effort that you put into this, you make it look easy, but it's not. Right. Right. Um, a, a quick nod to uh, Dick. Oh, shit, where's my arrow? Uh, a quick nod to Dick Butter. Uh, I believe I'm the best shit poster in this chat, chat, especially now that Trish is dead. <gasps> How did Trish die? Um, uh, RV accident. Oh, that's devastating. <laughs> you, know about, you know about Trish? And Ron, yeah. <laughs> How does everyone know about Trish? <laughs> well, I have to tell you, Emily told me the full story. Emily Kaplan. So, does I she mean- know? Does she know who Trish is? No, I was like, who is oh. Trish? Like, who was it? And she was like, no one knows. Yeah, Maybe no one knows. Maybe it was knows. her. Yeah, right. When she died, all these people text me and go, oh, I thought it was your wife, or I hope it was your wife or your mom or your sister or something. Like, they thought it was a family member. I'm like, I don't even fucking know who it was. <laughs> that was brilliant, though. I'm so, why did she die? That sucks. I don't know. Look at rest in peace, Trish. Yeah, it was like a, it was like a staple in here. I do <laughs> think Trish was a dude. Because sometimes uh, she would break character and I'd be like, okay, uh, that's definitely not a girl. I think Trish was too hard to be a woman for sure. She was yeah. a sweet lady. Uh, Trish was a sweet lady. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, but we love Trish. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Heidi, whoever, you think, whoever you think it is, you're wrong. I mean, see, the, I mean, Trish really summons uh, summons like everyone has, a, has something to say about Trish. <laughs> what if Trish was Dave? Well, that's another. Well, well, that's interesting. Um, 
uh, here's another problem. So Rambler says, really, he died. And I tried to talk to Matt Souza about Trish, and he started acting like Trish was a real person. And then I had to stop I the conversation because I started getting the EBGBs. I was like, oh, I can't. Have yeah, because I can't think of Trish as a real person. But some people in here like this, really, he died? So, like, Rambler's, like, making me feel like I'm confused about whether Trish is real or not. Look at Trish was an account. Yes. Oh, an accountant. Oh, fuck. Well, I love Trish. Trish was hysterical. But you know who I love more than Trish is Matt Souza. You do like Souza. Oh, I love that guy. Everyone what should have Matt Souza. Brilliant human being in every way. Yeah, I owe him a lot. Totally. Dave is too Dave is too busy to be Trish. Well, you know, Dave can do many things, but yeah, I don't think Dave would stoop to that level for sure. Um this um how many how many speakers are there at the revita fest i think like 35 we have some workshops and things as well um so oh god no oh uh, 50 50 50 speakers how are you how are you able you're the point of contact for all these people yeah and i'm doing all the interviews as well that is nuts Mm, yep, it really is. <laughs> you know, when you, you decide to do something, you don't realize in retrospect, you're like, wow, that I put up a lot. But I mean, yeah, I, I, I think about that about my kids every day. I'm like, wow, what have I gotten myself? It's like, it's like a, getting a parrot that you know is going to outlive you. I'm like, fuck, what did I do? <laughs> Your kids are amazing. Yeah. So, so this was it. This is one of those things like, holy shit, I'm going to try to swallow this cow in one bite. And yeah. you don't realize it until like you're like past the head. You're like, oh shit, this thing's huge. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I'm like, and I'm doing this pretty much alone. And this is really hard. And I'm doubting myself constantly. And I'm never feeling good enough. And I and I I cannot disappoint these people who are believing in me. And so I just feel kind of useless a lot of the time. Um th that's kind of how I feel too, but um yeah. But I, but I feel, I kind of, I use it as fuel. I'm not yeah. sure what I, I'm not sure there's another way to do it. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Like we have to challenge ourselves to grow and to be better. And so if I'm in a position where I'm constantly just fine and happy, I'm not growing. I am not changing and I'm not like getting better. And I never want to be in that space where I'm not getting better and not being surrounded by smarter people. Like I'm making it a point to cut people out of my life that no longer serve a purpose and i know that yeah, sounds callous yeah. and hard but like i want to be the very best version of myself and there's never going to be the very best version i'm never going to arrive at that but if i constantly put myself in a room with people who are way smarter way more successful way better than me then i'm always going to try and live just a little bit higher um and meet those expectations uh, my my buddy Travis Bajant, who's the father of uh, Tyson. I know Bajant. Travis. I arm wrestled oh. with him. Right, right. Okay, so you know Travis. So Travis, and I won. Yeah, yeah. of course you did. Mm -hmm. uh, tra Travis <laughs> told me the other day. Um, no, I don't have a parrot. Someone asked if I have. No, I don't have a parrot. Greg, I think Greg was offered to buy me a parrot. I'm like, no, please. You no. are like a parrot. I don't. I don't. I. I. Yeah. I'm. I am Greg's parrot. Um. 
Travis told me, hey, I'm not letting any nor people, normal people into my life anymore. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, if you're a normal person, I'll grandfather you in. You can stay in my life. But no more normal people. You have to be fucking just amazing. That's it. I'm done with normal people. And I kind I of like, that. yeah, I fucking love that too. Hey, I want to ask yeah, you about. Oh, shit. You found it. Wow. Well, I just texted Travis. But that's Travis and Marianne DeMath, the arm wrestling at the games. Hey. Oh, that looked like that. Was that like some concert at Petco? No, that was in Greg's um, suite at the games. Is Damasi speaking? Um, no, she's unfortunately not speaking. But you're, but you're still close with her. Oh, yeah, I love her. Oh, my gosh. Esteem's coming to um, California on Tuesday. We should all get together. Like, he's doing an event with um, RFK Jr. in San Jose. And then I'm going to go. Oh, please tell me. I would yeah. love to go. I would it's love to go. October 28th. I would love to go. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, I, I'm going. Even if I can't go to the event and I could just go to the dinner after, I'll go. I would no, love. We're going to the event. We're okay. going to the event. Okay, tell me. I'm, the, I'm down. Yeah. Wow. I'll send you the details. Um, well, tell me about, so this is the event, access to the event. What is this um, uh, 21 day sugar free revolution challenge? What is that? Oh, so that's like an online course that I have that's valued at like $269. It's 21 days of taking a challenge of quitting sugar, sugar and refined carbs. And so it, every day there's a little video that's five to 10 minutes long um, where I talk about the negative effects of sugar. And then there's like a worksheet or something that you need to do to like start understanding your relationship with sugar um, in order to let go of it. And it's 21 days. So can you give up sugar for 21 days? Uh, you know, it's just a challenge to see what happens when you do. And most people love it. They really gain so much from quitting sugar for 21 days. And if you're one of those people like, oh, my God, I could never quit sugar for one of those for 21 days, then you probably should do it. Same with alcohol. If you're like, I will never quit alcohol for 21 days, you probably should do it. And I think sugar and alcohol are two of the ugliest things. That, that It just makes people ugly. I'm sorry, especially alcohol. I just... Uh, I don't know. I have a bit of a thing with alcohol at the moment. People using drinking. And you hang out with a lot of uh, uh, drunks. Um, uh, or you did. Or you did. Um, hey, the, the so so. Uh, oh, this is this. You get that when you sign up for Revita Fest. So let's say I yeah. want. Okay, that's crazy. So it's basically like a virtual companion to quit sugar for twenty-one days. Yeah. I'm there. I'm talking to you in videos. There's a support group on Facebook. Uh, it's it, pretty cool i have to say that obviously anytime i put something together i think it's awful but then i got a ton of people to test it people that don't know me people that have no desire like have no need to just say nice things to me i got them to test it and the feedback was fantastic the way that people lost but like between five to ten pounds in a 21 day um period depending on how much they had to lose right how their mood improved how they felt so much better about themselves how they then adopted this lifestyle going forward it was so beautiful to witness, Debbie, like seeing how people started finding like the sweetness within and really started like deciding that there was more to life. And it's weird, like quitting sugar opened up other doors for them to explore life. It wasn't just hey, about the food. Hey, hey, so there, there it is. Every, there's no one, there's no one's brain who's like, eat this cake. Everyone's brain, everyone's internal vices it, it really is. Hey, don't eat this cake. You should yeah. not be doing this. It's like, it, yeah. like, 
that it's it's so crazy. I, I say that thing about beauty too, that I was talking about the way people smell the other day and people didn't understand that. Like your internal voice is to be attracted, your internal natural state, your healthiest, strongest state is to be attracted to healthy people's smells. And so you have people with uh, makeup on and sunscreen on and deodorant on and all the shit on and you're attracted to them. They're throwing you off your natural state. I know that's going to be a stretch for some people, but here's oh, the I thing going back, going back to the sugar thing. You're not only going to quit eating sugar, but it's going to align you with your inner voice. Yeah. And so that's really where 51% of the benefit is. You think 41, 40, 49% of it's going to be, hey, you quit sugar. The other 51%, and when you're aligned with your voice, you're starting then to manifest shit. Yeah. Sebi, you hit the nail right? on the head there. Right? Yeah. And so – you're kind of tricking yourself. It's kind of like it's kind of like CrossFit putting yourself into like crazy fatigue state, like hundred burpees for time. You think you're getting exercise. You think you're building cardiovascular uh, uh, endurance, metabolic. You're being healthy, but really, what you're doing is is you're putting yourself into the fifty one percent of the benefit is what people don't even realize they're doing. They're bringing themselves to the present, which yeah. is, it, it's the it's the psychological piece that brings you to the present for a second because you're just focused on your breath. All your other worries go away. You're like, fuck, I need to fucking breathe. Yeah. And and yeah, the sugar thing's crazy. Quitting sugar. What what a cool thing. Okay, so you get that. That that's yeah. awesome. And then and hey, I probably shouldn't say this, but um anyone who does that challenge too, like Karn is so easy to get a hold of, and she is so fucking responsive and so easy to take advantage of. So if you are on this trip and you're day 15 and you're panicking, text her. DM her in her DMs and be like, hey, can I talk to you? Like, this lady is fucking cool. She is a giver. Uh, I do. So, I love helping people. I really do. That, that yeah. makes me the happiest for sure. So do that before she starts her, her next event. You can't get a hold of her. And then Stress Sleep Guide by Dr. Kirk Parsley. <gasps> He's so fun. Kirk is amazing. Also, ex-Navy CEO became a physician for the Navy SEALs, like looked at like really like how sleep was affecting their mental state and how a ton of them were taking Ambien. And it was just like, it, it was, you know, here's this like the highest performing population, elite population that we know and how, you know, sleep is like just wreaking havoc with them. And so he did a ton of research into that and he's like a big expert on sleep now. He's great, Sevi. I really want to connect you with him. You will love him. I'm so looking for his book right now. He doesn't have an audio that's not an audio book. No, it's like an ebook. Okay. I, yeah. I need an audio. So it's just an ebook. So okay. stress is sleep guide. So he talks about like sleep hygiene and creating a sleep environment um and oh, you know the, the navy seal techniques of like scanning your body when you sleep he's not a so, so i was speaking to him the other day and he was like you know when you can't sleep the the general advice is to get up and go do something else make yourself a cup of tea he was like that's bullshit like what you need to do is you need to get back into you need to stay in bed and you need to like work through it and you need to calm your mind because it's all sitting here it's like all in your head you know when you can't sleep it's like it's in your head so he helps you address those factors and sleep and then he has some supplements, but he doesn't push them at all in any way. Like he's People like, have no. trouble sleeping and then get up and make a tea. Yeah. When they, so he was saying to me, like women generally tend to have a diff more difficult time falling asleep, but then uh -huh. they stay asleep. Right. And then he was like, men generally can fall asleep, but then they wake up. Oh yeah. Um, that's um, my wife. My wife had that's You nailed us. Nailed it. Yeah. I can. Well, no, this is what, yeah. That's what Kurt yeah. told me. Yeah. 
yeah anyway so he has he's like he's just great like he's just so cool he's like this rebellious ex-navy seal physician he's great i love him yeah, i want him can okay him i want him sure. he's so great oh he's just the best he's so cool i and then he does a ton of work in psych psychedelics as well like looking at um uh, psychedelics with ptsd but I really just spoke to him about the sleep stuff. I'm going to... Drugs, drugs are bad. Drugs are bad. My podcast for uh, the psychedelic stuff. Oh, I found him. Navy SEAL MD CEO. Doctor. Oh, okay. I follow him now. Yeah. He's awesome. Okay. I'm going to invite him on the podcast. Yeah, so, you should. He's so A-I-R-K. Um, look at you already. Look at This has turned into like you're helping me. With, uh, you're organizing something for me. Okay. Uh, who else do we need on your show? Love to have you on my podcast. Okay. <laughs> okay um uh then you get access to the two percent transformation system unleash your full potential and achieve lasting change by uh jono proudfoot native american okay jono is a south african he wrote the real meal revolution with prof nooks jono oh. is my mastermind behind the real meal revolution he conceptualized it he came up with it and he's the guy that made it happen. He approached Prof Noakes and he was like, hey, we've got to do this. It became a runaway bestseller. It was on the top oh. of the bestseller for the longest time. And I know you know the book and I know Prof Noakes yes. loves, I mean, Greg loves the book as well. Yep. My I know the book. Here it is. I got it. Yeah, that's Jono. Wow. Jono okay. is a phenomenal human being, honestly. Is he speaking at the event? Yes. Shit. He's right. doing, he's actually doing a workshop. He's hosting a workshop where people can kind of like, so not only do you get the transformation system um, that he has, like his online course, but he's also recording his own um, workshop for, for Revital Fest, where he is going to talk like the audience through transformation and like do it in person. Dude, this is crazy how much stuff you're yeah. giving people. There's more that I haven't even listed on the page. Hey, yeah. are you already working on your second one? Am I working on my second one? Uh, um, kind of, I suppose, because I want it to be in person. Right. Well, do you I know need what sponsors on board to do that, huh? Do you know where you would do it? I don't know. I'm open to ideas. I mean, I live in Palm Springs, and so like Coachella was one of the biggest inspirations behind it. Also, I was thinking of like a cool venue. I want it to be outside. I want it to be in a stuffy hotel. I want it to be fun and exciting and you know, just great. Um, who should go to this? I mean, oh, oh, you get CEUs. What are CEUs? Oh, Tell yeah. CEUs. Get CEUs. So like continuing education units for CrossFit. So for CrossFit trainers, I think level two and up, they need 36 CEUs to um to, to keep their credentials. And so Revitifest has 18 of the 36 that they need. And so like you can... Like if, if CrossFit trainers buy this, they can get 18 CEUs in one event. Yeah, that's crazy. You really do need that. So if, if someone has a level two, you have to do continued education? Yeah, you do. And, They've changed the system. Okay, shit. Awesome. I'm so excited about it. Holy shit. I'm so excited about it. When does it go live again? October what? October 17th, but we'll be selling it off to that as well. Um it's just that it kind of it goes live on those dates. So 17th, 18th, 19th, 20, 21. Five days. 
And then, you know, the beautiful people in the CrossFit space, like Nicole Coins during a workshop, she's just like the sweetest human in the whole world, honestly. Like, you know, there are not, oh, it's, it's your level three. Thank you. You're right. It's not level two. So any level three has okay. to have Louise. Thank you so much. Jeez, Louise. Um, yeah. So like Nicole Coins, she's doing a workshop on nutrition and she's just the sweetest human being that I know for sure. Um, and then we're doing like some yoga and breath work, uh, from a CrossFitter called Tamra, um, and Mark England, who have you heard of in lifted coaching also in the CrossFit no. space? <gasps> no, in lifted, like, like enlightened and lifted and lifted with Mark England. He has a brilliant TEDx talk as well. So Mark's doing a workshop. He's actually doing a workshop as well on um, it's all about changing your narrative, right? So changing your narrative, changing your story, and then like changing your life because of it. And he's developed this and he actually coached me. He did this. This is about breath. So you and Haley will love it because I still read Haley's little breathing with Lily book. Oh, um, awesome. Awesome. Yeah, send me a copy. I love, I love Haley and I love everything that she, you know, talks about. So she should really have a, she should actually be a speaker here. Uh, that's wanting Mark, that's Mark. God, that's a nice website. He's so smart, Savvy. Like, I have to connect you with him as well. You will love him. What is what is I always hear this term imposter syndrome? Yes, that's what well, he, he talks, he helps you work through that. Imposter syndrome is a behavioral health phenomenon described as self doubt of intellect, skills, or accomplishment among high achieving individuals. What yeah. does imposter syndrome feel like? Uncomfortable feeling experience when you think you're unqualified and incompetent. Yeah. It feels like you're not meant to be where you are and you're not qualified enough to be doing what you're doing and that everyone's going to find out that you're a fraud and not believe in you um, because that's how you feel about yourself, right? And anytime we try to up-level and get to the next level, like there's, there's, there's going to be some of that. Yeah, my, my kids... The only, time the only time I have imposter syndrome is when my kids let me know. <laughs> I hate you. You're a shitty dad. I'm like, thanks. Appreciate it. They don't say that to you, Shirley. <laughs> Very rarely, but it happens. One of my, my son who has a cast right now, he's, he'll be sitting on the couch and he'll be like, do you still love me? I'm like, oh God, I feel like I fucking let him down. I'm like, dude. Why? Because, you can't, because he can't perform for you? Well, I, may, I didn't even go there. I think I just I just went to the fact that like he's just stuck. He has a fucking full leg cast on. He broke his shin. He's been sitting down for two weeks, you know, and um, he's just bummed. He's just, you know, yesterday I took him to jujitsu and he started crying. I'm like, what's up? He goes, I just want to get out on the mat so bad. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. But I, I hope I didn't think of that. I hope it's because of that. I hope, it, you know, <laughs> I want my kids. Feel that pressure to make me happy. Yeah, good. Well, I really do. He's like, I can't perform because I'm stuck in this class and my dad doesn't love me anymore because that's when he gives me the most attention. Yeah, it's funny. Um, and someone's like, Well, dude, at some point they're gonna rebel against that. I go, That's great. That's what I think every kid should do. You should perform for your parents. Then when you're like 17 to 20, you should be like, fuck you, and you should do your own shit and rebel. And then when you're 21, you come back to your parents and you're like, Oh my god, thank you. Yeah, but you have a great foundation and that you will yeah. come back because you yes. don't work. Yeah, you're so welcome. I hate you because you made me do jujitsu for 13 years. And then when he comes back in like three years, he'll be like, fuck, dude, thank yeah. you. Thank I you don't think any, 
any ballet dancer will say to their mother that they hate them for making them do ballet because you're like, I have all the muscles in the world because of this. Yeah. Did you do ballet? Yeah. How many years? See my second position. It's great. So, oh. How many years? Uh, <laughs> only eight. I have such a dirty mind. My mind is. <laughs> I'm, I'm always going to be a 15 year old boy. Oh, you did ballet for eight years. Yeah. Are you crossfitting right now? Yeah, but like you, not an affiliate right now, and only yeah. I'll tell you why. Because financially, I have to be very strict with myself at this moment in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I get really, it. I'm not earning an income. I'm working really hard towards it, and I'm putting in the effort, and I'm hoping something is going to shift and change. But yeah. um, you know, so I'm doing programming. I'm lucky enough to have. Like a squat, like I said, like I've got barbells and weights and dumbbells and a treadmill um, and a tennis court. You know, I've got I've got everything that I need at the house to make it work. And, you know, you, you need the tiniest space to do burpees or to do yeah. push-ups or anything. Let me ask you a very sensitive question. Oh, I can't wait. I was, I was a little nervous to ask you this. <laughs> oh, I can only imagine what this is going to be. <laughs> what is going on? Are you still do you still have horses in your life? Yeah, I do have you my do. horse. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. But it's, I don't, it's, they were on your Instagram for a while and then they weren't. And I was like, fuck, I wonder if the horses are okay. Well, here's the thing it is kind of one of those things where I'm like, I probably will have to sell him unless something gives, which right, breaks right. my heart. And actually, right. I feel like crying right now thinking about it. Okay. Sorry. But, sorry. You know, sorry. I won't bring it up. Okay. Sorry. sorry. No, it's fine. I mean, sometimes these things have to happen in order, like feeding my kids is more important. Dave sold, Dave sold his horse. Rose, why? I think, um, I think for freedom. I don't know for sure, but I think some. I think someone saw the horse and said, "Hey, can I buy your horse?" And then I think he he for freedom. You know what I mean? Because because yeah, he, he, he took care of it. Every he went there every single day and had to deal with his horse. Yeah, and horses are sensitive really? creatures. It's not that easy. You remember he bought a used old um, donkey. Um, hold on. Not yeah, Hodar. Hodar. yeah, and it, it consumed his life. Dying. Yeah, it consumed his life, and like for six months, he was basically like dealing with trying to save that. It was crazy. I had never seen that side of Dave, but it was nuts. I'm like, dude, part of me was like, God, this dude thing needs to die and let Dave free. <laughs> I think Dave thought it was young, and it ended up being like 35 years old or something. I, I remember Dave riding it and everything. I. I like you. I was so shocked. I was like, "Wow, this is intense!" Like, no one wants to ride a mule, but you do, and you're doing it. And at the age of 35, you're actually getting on this mule. He bought a donkey, and then the vet came over and told him, "Like, hey, dude, uh, this this thing's fucking toast. This is you got a lemon." But he gave he gave Hodar such a good life. He, he really did. Was. I agree. Yeah, he, that Hodor was lucky to have him. Uh, thank you for uh, coming on. I'm excited about uh, Revita Fest. It's good to catch up with you. I, I do. Uh, please keep me in mind for uh, October 28th. I would love to see you when you're up here. I'd love yeah. to see you when you're up here. Yeah. No, absolutely. No, I think, uh, yeah, for sure. We have to. Okay, cool. And and, and tell Asim, uh, if you see him, uh, I said hi. I, I, I watched that with him. And I bug him, but I know he's crazy busy. Yeah, he is crazy busy, but that's by choice. Yeah, and and and, and, he, 
and he's doing uh I, I don't know what the word is the lord's work god's work but he's 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 fighting the good fight for all of us yeah and he's making a documentary as well called first you know farm uh p-h-a-r-m oh really yeah all about exposing the pharmaceutical industry first you know wow yeah i wonder if he ever had i wonder if he gets death threats yeah he does he'll share them with me and i'll be like i i don't want to know like why are you telling me this we're friends i actually don't i'm not I really don't want to know wow Okay, and he talked about it on Joe Rogan's podcast. Joe Rogan pledges support for game-changing drug industry uh, expose movie, First Do No Harm. Wow. Yeah, so Joe and, and Asim are good friends, and that means that Joe and I are going to be good friends soon. Oh, that's good too. <laughs> Look at this. Wow, good job, Asim. Yeah. I just subscribed to Asim Station. Oh, I didn't even know he had one. I haven't subscribed to that. I'm not a very good friend of mine. Give it a thumbs up. Five ninety four. All right. Hey, thank you. Oh my God! Thank you for having me on. It was so nice to spend time with you. Uh, everyone, go over to. Uh, oh, and there's a code. Uh, if you use uh, Revitafest, if you use the code Sevon, you get fifty percent off. Yes. Oh, that true? You love you. Yeah. Huh? Thank you. That's cool. Yeah. I love. The 269 is like 134 for okay. 18 PEUs. Okay. Sorry if someone registered during the middle of the show. I should have told you that sooner. Fuck. It's fine. I can, I can refund them and reissue. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Look at Paulina. This was one of my favorite shows. <gasps> I love you, Paulina. Do you know Thank who that you. is? No, but she's great. She is great. Who she is, is she? Great. Tell me. Um, she's a listener of the show, and then I got to meet her in person at Greg's uh, Broken Science uh, Initiative in Arizona, and then she ended up. Now she works with uh, Paper Street Coffee, one of my sponsors, oh. one of my friends uh, who's down here in the chat, who's supported the podcast since the beginning. Oh, that's fabulous! That's really special. Hey, yeah. Debbie, what do you think about us bringing the DDCs back? Boy, I, I. I that would be amazing. That would be amazing. That would be pretty crazy. Yeah. I, I, I really, 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 really like that. I loved those gatherings. I like I would like Greg to do anything at his house in Santa Cruz where people come and lo the local affiliates within 100 miles are invited. And there's there's smart talk there. I love all that smart talk stuff. Yeah. So. Excuse me. All right. Cool. Okay, I'll let you go. Talk to you soon. Thank yeah. you, Connor. Thanks okay. Everything. Love to Haley and the boys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Connor Thompson, Revitafest. Stoked for. It would stress me out if 50 people, uh, if I had to organize 50 people. Thank God for Sousa. Holy shit. Thank God for Sousa. I don't have to talk to anyone I invite on the show, except for when they come on the show. Uh, Rambler, she is lovely. Uh, legalized drug peddlers. Medical industry is fucked up. Yeah. I mean, that is what they are. Uh, Enjoy Dixon, 50%. Uh, that's super sweet. Wow, look at your uh, avatar picture. Holy cow. Uh, Sleeky, uh, DDC, but with Greg, right? Not under HQ? Yeah, I'm sure under Greg. Totally, 100%.
There was something that I wanted to show you. A friend of mine texted me yesterday. It was an interesting conversation. You guys want to talk about Tim Murray for a second? So all that stuff went down with, um, you know, the, the, the word retard and Mike Wittius and just all that stuff. And I think, I think that that actually, that kind of hit that dude actually, I think that rattled that dude maybe more than like, if I find out how much it rattled him, I probably wouldn't like it. I might even feel bad because it's not supposed to rattle anyone. It's supposed to just be like, just like a schoolyard uh scuffle but then you know if someone follows you home from school after you get in a fight with them it, shit gets weird right that they're at your front porch and your parents are involved or you know what i mean like go like we talked about it yesterday like someone like you you get you, you let, let's say i take someone's parking spot at safeway and i'm like fuck you and they're like fuck you back and forth the next thing i know they've they have a cop friend who looks up my license plate and they're telling my boss i stole their parking spot at safeway it's like weird it's like what Come on, dude. There's uh, what? What the fuck are you doing? It was like something like that. It kind of it escalated right into a weird place, and it's and shit's always gonna escalate to weird places now because of the internet. Anyway, weird relative to when I grew up. So anyway, so then of course through learning about um, uh, Mr. Widius and 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 his uh, success in CrossFit, I we came across Tim Murray, and I invited Tim Murray on the show and. At first, we couldn't get Tim scheduled. We were having trouble finding a time. And every time we would have trouble finding a time for him to come on, I would think, you know, maybe I shouldn't have him on. Because I had this feeling, I had this, this, I was kind of torn because I wanted to have him on because I was interested in him because he's the fittest dwarf, right? And he's in the CrossFit community. And, but then also like he, like I felt like, like I was using him because of the whole wittiest thing. And my wife was like, hey, you shouldn't drag this dude. In, in a nutshell, she was like, hey, you shouldn't drag this dude into this shit. You know what I mean? Like, he's just fucking some dude who, he's the fittest dwarf, and now you're dragging him into a street fight. So I was kind of like thinking about letting him off the hook and then circle back like in two months and have him back on so I wasn't bringing him on just during this mess. But he, we ended up finding a time, and, and like I didn't, I, what was I going to do? So when he came on, I was like, um, I was like, I, I wanted to be tactful and polite, make it fun, get to know him. I wanted to have an intimate experience with him and me outside of that drama. Uh, Dick Butter, you did a great job not making the Marie interview about Mikey uh, douche. Okay, good. Okay, cool. And that was my point. I didn't want to be like totally lame and avoid it, like, but, um, but I wanted it to be about him. And actually, I'm sure that guy will be on the show again. To tell you the truth, I really liked him. He needs to come on again. I mean, I, like that. He, that was easy. He's a cool dude. He's got important shit to say. We could explore some shit. Like it can get more intimate. I think with uh, Tim. So that being said, another one of my friends, a, a, a friend who I really, really expect their opinion, and, and it's a litmus test, hit me up out uh, yesterday, and they go, "Hey, dude, um, is there is there kind of a piece that like it's a novelty to have friends who are 
uh, dwarfs or black or gay or transgender or and kind of like the the way I took the the the, the way they were asking me the question was is. Is is there is there a circus freak show to component to the show, like like are you collecting friends who are like freaks? And it's hard it, it's hard to answer that because the answer is a hundred percent yes, but but not the way someone would think. It's like. The presupposition is, is that would be bad. And my response to the person was, is like, hey, it's not just the guests that are freaks on this show. It's the whole, the audience are freaks. It's the entire fucking kaleidoscope. And the reason why, and I'll use Tim as the example, but the reason why I invited Tim on the show in this order, I think, I wouldn't bet my life on it, but just to say, the the reason why I or invited Mike on the show was one because <clears throat> of the uh, uh, uh sorry the reason why I invited Tim Murray on the show one is because of his proximity to Mikey so that's what I made that connection right and then the second reason why I invited him on the show is because he's the fittest and then the third reason was because he's a dwarf right so. And 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 I, and my other response is like I would have a girlfriend who's seven feet tall just because she's seven feet tall. Like I would be very curious what it's like to 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 have an intimate relationship with a seven foot tall woman. Um, uh, seven freaksters, yeah. And so, um, it's not it's not um. Yeah, I, there, there's this, there's a superficiality. I'm okay with the superficiality of like I, I'm so happy to have a friend who's fucking like a, a friend who's homeless, and and like I'm interested in being their friend because they're homeless. I'm interested in, I'm so happy to have like that guy. He come, I bring him to my house. He's been my homeless friend that I run into all over the state of California for the last thirty years. Raymond, the guru, the guru. I love having a friend who's fucking uh, the smartest man in the world. Uh, Greg Glassman. I love having uh, a friend uh, who shall not be named who's the fucking richest dude who ever walked planet Earth. Like, it's okay. It's okay to... I love having a friend who um, owns uh, uh, 37 pythons. Dude, I'm sweating. <clears throat> um... Even, even, even in this. Oh, there you are, Mason Mitchell. So when I think of Mason Mitchell, uh, when I think of Mason Mitchell, I think of him as like a frat boy. And I never even had any frat boyfriends. I always wanted frat boyfriends. I just think of Mason Mitchell. I don't even know for sure. I assume him as buff, good looking, and can do a keg stand. You know what I mean? Like, and uh, Mason Mitchell so similar to Kill Tony. Many of the comedians he brings are retarded or have some type of disability, and they're all badasses. Yeah, my interest. I'm not interested. You're friends with Elon Musk? Maybe. I'm not interested in, uh, and I am interested in completely normal people too for the fact that they're just completely normal. But um, I would be lying to you if I'm not like, if I told you that I have a significant more interest in, and I, I don't know who the fittest 55 year old men, man and woman are, but I have a significantly 
greater interest in someone who's a dwarf who's the fittest than someone who's 55. Just they're both interesting to me. But um a dwarf's like a a a, a Kardashian like for no apparent reason all of a sudden they're famous every time they go outside and I just it's, it's a different lifestyle and I'm curious. I I would say this if I was friends with if I was close with Tim, I would tell him like every every dwarf should be fully taking advantage of the fact that they're a dwarf. A hundred like the last thing I would be doing is wanting to be accepted as normal. I would fucking work that shit. A a every day I get older, I'm completely taking advantage of the fact that I'm older and I can get away with saying more and more. You are definitely a freak. Yeah. Yeah. Graciano's a perfect example. If you like him because he can thrust her 300 pounds for reps, I'm perfectly okay with that. That is fucking weird. Yeah, it's all. Yes, thank you. Yes. We can insert freak with anything. So, um, Jan Clark, uh, the name calling has become. Graciano, you are 100% a freak. I like Graciano for his thickness. His thickness. Yeah, his thickness. See. Mustache game's tight, too. Saw it in person. Um, so, um, if you are a... Um, oh, oh uh, Shelby Neal. Love her. I thought I loved her because uh, she's young and red hair and fiery and uh, overachiever. And she got like a homegirl vibe to her. Like her even more that her dad's black. Shelby Neal. Like her like 1% more. Red-headed, blue-eyed chick who's black. Not going to lie. Like her more because she's black. Call me racist. What a fucking pleasant surprise. If she was, if her mom was Armenian, I'd probably like her 3% more. Or if she had some Jew in her. It's okay. I don't, the thing is, is I don't dislike, I don't dislike anyone. It doesn't work the opposite way. So like affirmative action works the opposite way. I have to, I have to, I have to hurt someone who's white to help someone who's black. That's different. I don't like anyone less because they're a Jew or because they're black or because they're a dwarf or because I don't like anyone less because they have pimples. I don't I don't like th that's the thing that different. Well, I'll even get on my high horse here. That's the thing that differentiates me from all the other fucking dipshits out there. I don't even care if you're racist. I don't dislike you anymore. You know, one of, you know what's interesting? I was, I, was, I was talking with Andrew Hiller on the phone yesterday. I'm pivoting in a second. And one of the first times – I was reminiscing with him with one of the first times I ever spoke with him on the phone. And, we, and, it got, and of course, the conversation went to race. And he basically said that he wouldn't have any friends who are racist. And he doesn't, if he had any friends who even used racial slurs, he wouldn't keep them around. And he told me about a friend that he had that used racial slurs. And he's like, yeah, I'm just not friends with the guy anymore. I don't, I'm not friends with him.
and he he's not on a witch hunt with the, with the guy. The guy he doesn't care that the guy uses him. He just doesn't want to be around it. I'm just not friends with that guy anymore. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hanging. I'm not spending time with that person. I wouldn't do that either. <laughs> wouldn't have a friend who thought less of someone because of their skin color. I would not. I have no interest in hanging around that person. I wouldn't hang out with someone who starts fights every time we go out. I wouldn't hang out with uh, someone who's a drunk all the time. I wouldn't hang out with someone who's rude to my kids. They, you can do all that shit, though. Like, I don't care. I'm putting my, my man bun up. <clears throat> but Sevy, he picks on the athletes. But Sevy. Hey, I got my new, uh, I got a new roadcaster, my third one in a week now. I sent back my other one, and I think this one's fine. My Bluetooth is hooked up. My phone's hooked up. There's no weird sounds. This is awesome. How's my mic? Did you guys see the studio yesterday? That shit is dope. Melissa, don't you dare. Um, Ken Walters gave me some great feedback on the camera setup. I didn't understand it, but yeah, the cameras need tweaking. The cameras need... Oh, this is what I wanted to talk to you about, you guys. You guys. You guys. You guys. I do not know if I'm allowed to do this. I'm going to call this dude right now and ask him if I can do it. Watch this. I want to see if I can... Um... There's a guy who's an affiliate owner who I'm about to have on my um, podcast. Let me see if um, I can find his phone number in here. And he's doing something. And I want to tell you guys about it. I'm so fucking excited for him. Um, let me see. I don't even know how to say this guy's last name. Let me see if he'll answer his phone. Hold on. This is crazy. This is... I, I cannot believe this has not been done before. This is such a fucking great idea. I wonder if it's... Hey, Joe. Savon. Hello? Hey, Joe. Hey, how's it going? What's up, dude? We're live on the air. Awesome. Hey, can I share your YouTube? I, I know you're going to come on in a couple days, but can I share your YouTube channel right now on the air? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. All right. I'll bug you, in a, I'll, I'll bug you later on today, and uh, we'll schedule to have you on in the next couple days. Sounds great. Oh, when's the new video dropping? Uh, we're trying to drop it tomorrow morning. Okay, cool. All right. I, I love we you. We got some good content that we're going to add to it. Okay, awesome. Thank you. No problem. Okay, bye. Bye. Okay. Joe, uh, Joe Nels, uh, CrossFit Kenosha. I think that's the, that city where Rittenhouse shot those three people. Uh, so this guy has an, uh, a YouTube page. The first video has dropped, and it's called 30 for 30 with Joe Nels, CrossFit Kenosha. And this guy is going to try to get a client every single day for 30 days. So, like, if he's in, if he's in Costco and he's shopping and he sees someone, he's going to walk over to him and be like, hey, can you come to my gym? And his goal is to get 30 new clients in 30 days. And he's basically taking this thing that Don Fall said about get, adding 30 mil, million new CrossFitters. Let me see if I can find the graphic he has. 
Oh yeah, here it is. Check this out. Okay, I'm gonna play this part for you. Listen, listen to this part. This part's killer. You find 30 members in 30 days, and if we're still at 15,000 affiliates, that's 450,000. Dude. 30 for 30 cease and desist. <laughs> Jethro. Dude, this is fucking brilliant. And then he does the math. If there's 15,000 affiliates and every affiliate does that, that's 450,000 new CrossFitters in a month. This first video is great, by the way. It's short and sweet. It's two minutes and 30 seconds. Everyone should listen. The, the YouTube page is Joe Nels, J-O-E Nels, N-E-H-L-S. That's a great ratio. He only has 35 uh, subscribers right now and 28 likes. Dude, crazy. This this is going this could end up being this could end up being the greatest piece of media in the history of CrossFit for the affiliates. This could be uh this the uh Mike Poolboy, I know uh, gym owners who'd rather just make reels on Instagram. This dude is the definition of hustle. More than hustle, Poolboy. This is what Greg said, are you really a fucking trainer? Are you really a trainer? The math ain't mathin'. 30 times 15,000. 45,000 plus add the zero. Seems right to me. The math ain't mathin'. Hey, uh, this, uh, this, this, this could be fucking absolutely huge. This could be better than killing the fat man, which was the, the biggest series in the history of CrossFit, non-games material. This could be fucking nuts. This could be so fun. If you're an affiliate owner and you watch this, this could inspire the fuck out of you. He's basically, and dude, imagine how scared and nervous this guy must be to do this. He's just going to put it on the fucking line. And you know what? Even if he only gets 10, who gives a shit? If he gets zero, who gives a shit? But episode one, I think he said drops tomorrow. Or shall I say episode two, but the first one where it's going to actually show him, I think, trying to get uh, a uh, a member. Um, Mason Mitchell, Don just threw out Biden numbers. But the thing is, you say that, right? And I hear you, and I ain't hating, but uh, I, I, I ain't hating on you, Mason. But if he does this, one, the content probably will go viral. It'll be fucking hilarious and fun. Uh, uh, yeah, there you go, Melissa. There you go. Great marketing, content, fun, engaging. Yeah, and most importantly, inspirational. Because then every this guy's nothing. This guy's nothing special. The only thing special about this guy is he's doing it. He's putting himself out on the line. His whole accountability is going to be right here for all of us to see. Even though my screen's this way, I should point this way. Yeah, his whole accountability is. Fucking his whole, his whole. His whole, his, oh, you know what I'm saying? We're all going to get to see him on that journey. Yeah, viral in the CF space is like fifty thousand views. Yeah. <clears throat> hey, this could leave the this could leave the um this could leave the CrossFit space. I think some of those Killing the Fat Man episodes have over five hundred thousand views, maybe even a million views. This could leave that space. This is a guy who's going to go out 
and do 30 members in 30 days. Dude, this is fucking, I'm telling you, this is the shit. And edited and put out there. I'm pumped. He's gonna come on the uh he's gonna come on the podcast in a um uh in a few days. I wanna also say this too. This is a guy who's taking advantage of all the resources he has. I can't even remember how I met this dude, but I but but we text. I don't even know how I know him. And um like he he's like, Hey, I'm doing this. Can I help can you help me promote on your podcast? I'm like, fuck yeah. Oh, I see what you mean, David. We fifteen thousand is Biden numbers. That's okay. Okay, ten thousand. Either the, the, but that's insignificant. Don't fall into the weeds. I, I okay. I hear you though. I I hope he continues to follow those thirty members. Oh, he won't be able to do that unless he's going to turn into a full production facility. I hear you. Um. You love it. You love it. You love it, huh, Travis? You love it. I do love it. It's fucking brilliant. dude. If he gets one member, it's a if he gets one member, it's a success. He's helping people. Well, well, if fifteen thousand affiliates get one member. That's a shitload of people. And and how about how? Well, right, right, and a shitload of money. But um, if 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 one, yeah. yeah, exactly. If one member stays um at every gym every month. Uh, whatever that is, that's and it's two thousand dollars to be a member at an affiliate. That's two thousand dollars times fifteen thousand, and then times that by thirty, uh, times that by twelve, and you have the infusion of cash into the ecosystem, which is fucking got to be a shitload of money. Yeah, Don Don's number is huge, which isn't reachable. I don't know, but I mean, look at look at stuff like hey, like just sending out email newsletters to huge, huge, huge uh, audiences, and if you get a fucking three percent return it's considered a success um this is the that would be a three hundred and uh, so if is that right so if you have fifteen thousand affiliates wait fifteen thousand affiliates um and each of them makes a, an extra two thousand dollars a month times two thousand with a new uh a, a sorry a year uh, and they do that once a month, so they get twelve new clients. It's three hundred sixty million dollars, dude. <laughs> and what's crazy? Cool. I'm glad he's doing it. What's That's crazy awesome. about it too is, is like he's putting himself on the line so every other affiliate in the world can watch. Hey, this is what this guy did. And I, hey, I bet you this guy's not doing anything extravagant. He's got to go to the store every day anyway. All he's doing is, is he's changing his mindset. When he stops at the gas station and pumps gas, he's looking around. Instead of for people like, well, if you're in Oakland, you're looking around to see if someone's going to rob you. But if you're in Kenosha, you're like, hey, let me see if I can see some motherfucker who needs to go to the gym. Oh, there's one. Let me go talk to him. Right. I got something to help save this. It, it, he's hopefully he's got a good ego and is OK with rejection because, you know, I mean, look at look at Hiller's video when he just asked people to do some fucking squats and how many times he got turned down. Right, right. Right. So he's got to be, I'm sure he's ready for that. He knows he's not going to get 30 people in 30 days. Well, he might, but he he's might, doing if he, something. Hey, if you approach 10 people, if you, pro, if you approach I, 10 people, it's interesting. No, the re reason I called, I just wanted to test your roadcaster to see if you had it hooked up right. Oh, thank you. It, sound, it sounds great, right? And it was instant. Yeah, yeah good. It was yeah. Instant. Good okay, job. good. Yeah. And it's been, and I hooked it up yesterday. Nice yeah. 
So I'm stoked. I had to buy three roadcasters before I found one that worked. There you go. All right. Thank you. Give me your give your money back. All right. Awesome. No, yeah, I did. I did. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Cool. Later. Bye. God, you guys fucking suck. Some of you guys are assholes in there. In here. You fall into the weeds and we just worry about just stupid shit. Just be excited. Hard to sell. Look at, look at all these people just arguing limitations. All these limitations. I'm not even bringing your shit up. Fuck your limitations. Go arguing for someone else. I'm fucking pumped for him. I'm fucking pumped. And hey, when he does this now for a whole year and he puts on 100 new clients this year at $2,000 a pop, he's making his gym's making an extra $200,000 a year. And he's doing the fucking Conor McGregor dance, red panty night. I don't know. I think it's better than, I think it's easier than cold calling. You're just walking up to just some dude who's 50 pounds overweight with his kids and being like, yo, I own a gym. You belong to a gym. The guy's like, no. He's like, yo, come bring your kids. Saturday, we got a class you can bring your kids to. Come do it. Come on. I want to get you in shape. You want to live a long time because you love your kids? You can do a thousand burpees on this dick, Cave Dastro. Um, Yeah, it's going to be a great series. Uh, Megan East, I would love to see our gym owners actually try to get some people to try CF. Hey, and Greg's basically saying you're not a gym owner or you're not a coach if you're not. You're basically just not. And I and part of me agrees. It's like you're not a Christian if you're not fucking – like I'm, I'm more interested I'm, – I'm as equally interested as people who are living the Christian lifestyle as people who are trying to spread it. You don't got to be a fucking scumbag and tell people, hey, you're going to hell, but like – Drop some Jesus quotes. He would never, he, he never would self-promote his gym or fitness. That's our job. If we don't bring friends, uh, we won't be able to pay the bills. Yeah. It's such crazy ownership. Um, Jesus quotes. Wow, there's so many sponsored links for Jesus quotes. I skip by all those. I don't do any. I skip by all the the sponsored links. Fuck you, Google, and your money. Uh, for what shall it profit man if he gains the whole world and suffer the loss of his soul? Jesus Christ. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. Jesus Christos. Ooh, that one's good. Ooh, ooh, that one. That one fucking struck me. I felt my back crack a little. That's like shit my mom would tell me. I wonder if she knew that was like Jesus Christ shit. Let the one among you who is without sin be the first to cast a stone. I need someone to explain this one to me. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me. 
to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Completely over my head. There's some gangster shit he says in here, too. All my authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. No shit. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This one was appropriate for the show today. Uh, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Let the day's own trouble be sufficient for the day. Jesus Christ. And know that I am... All oh, sorry. Take two. And know that I am with you always. Yes, to the end of time. Jesus Christ. There was one there was one in here um oh this one here we go this is I saw the superman movie kind of uh, steal this one For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life Okay, and this 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 is my favorite one. Okay, and then and then and then we'll take a break from Jesus. A little children, you are from God and have conquered them. For the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in this world. Jesus Christ. I don't know what that one means, but I really like that one. When did he say that? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I just it's in Google. in google it's just in google uh please have him on i want to find out how he thought of this uh jesus oh um uh oh uh, joe yeah i'm gonna have joe on for sure i think i'm gonna have him on more than once i want to know i'm gonna i think i'm gonna like tmz is fucking ass i'm gonna be like all over that series if he can actually finish it Dude, it's, that's a big project he's taken on. Holy cow, man, that's a big project. Uh, Judy Reed, uh, Rich Froning would be so proud, Sevon. Bible Hour with Sevon. Have him on whenever he gets a member. I'm going to have him on sooner. I'm not really worried about him getting members. I'm worried about him showing... Worried is not the right word, but uh, I'm interested in, in the 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 videos of him like just approaching these people it's like it's part um what are those shows that we used to have when we were a kid on tv um the hidden camera shows what were those called you know like where they would do comedy skits it was like from the 80s uh it was i think it was a british show i can't remember what the fuck was that show I can't I can't remember the name of the show but uh uh it's got it's got candid camera thank you wow mason you're a beast wow oh yeah punked is a little more it's got a candid camera feel to it and i just like that joe nels i'm not even erasing that oh man I have something so funny to show you. I don't think I have time to show you guys now. So pathetic. Hey, 
uh, in uh, I'll, I'll talk about this real quick in Dave's weekend review, uh, his most recent one from 918, uh, 2023 at the 730 mark. Maybe I'll pull this up. Um, the Dave Castro, the Dave Castro. Uh, let me see if I can pull this up. in knowing your thoughts i've had a few uh i've had a few personal interactions with some society especially pop culture has kind of put um groups like seals but it's not a surprise um personal interactions with some call it stolen valor moments and um first well, of all, that's the subject stolen valor moments he's saying he's had some personal experiences with stolen valor moments well, I think it's ridiculous that people lie about this stuff, but it's not a surprise. Um, so he says it's not a surprise. It's ridiculous. And he doesn't get wound up. And he tells a story about one time where some guy said, hey, meet my friend who's a SEAL. And then Dave, Dave meets him. It's a good story. If you want to skip to that part of, of the weekend review, start around like 720 and listen for two minutes. But my point is this. That's the entire like. That's the entire thing that we're, that's the entire world we live in. You can just say anything. We, we have this uh, segment of society that's just allowing people just to make any word mean anything, identify with anything they want. Um, there was just a, in the UK, there was just a meeting of a group, a meeting of people who think that they're dogs. Sevon pretending like he's five, five. Yeah, you can just do you can just. Yeah, it's like, dude. Yeah, it was a seal. Yeah. Dave introduced me to some guy at the games who said he was a black belt. And I just said, oh, yeah, I'm a black belt, too. And the guy's like, you are? I'm like, uh-huh. <clears throat> Matt Miller. If a person can hand out avocado dip at a kiosk at Costco, a CrossFit coach can hand out a free gym pass at the Costco gas pumps. Bam. My kid got his gray and black belt yesterday. When you're a kid, there's three belts for every color. Well... Not the white belt, but after the white belt. It goes white belt, and then there's three gray belts, and there's three yellow belts, and then there's three green belts, and then there's three orange belts, and then maybe there's one more. I found the I, I Listerine strips. They're left over from the game. I was finally cleaning out my game's camera bag, and I carry tons of these at the game, so now I'm just eating them like candy. Sevon pretending to be homeless when all he really wanted to do is sleep in his car. Yeah, that's crazy. Obviously, such a beast. My other son cried while watching it. It was nuts. Anyway, I thought that was the best part of the weekend review video. You guys know they released the game's location. Not like we all didn't know. Looks like it's going to Texas. Stop talking about whether it's going to be hot or not there. Stupidest conversation ever. Dumb. D-U-M. Dumb.
go go look at the uh go look at the layout of the place. That entire fucking thing is probably going to be inside. And if it's not and it is hot, so what? Good. Let it be hot. Finally. Some drama. More drama. Mas drama. Mas drama. Mas drama. Stolen valor. <clears throat> this 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 friend of mine um she uh they have a they have a daughter and the daughter was hanging out with some friends and the friends were like do you have a cell phone and their daughter who's I, I forget how old their daughter is maybe nine maybe younger i don't even know maybe seven eight i don't know how old the daughter is but the daughter's like yeah i have a cell phone and her friends are like let's see it so the daughter the next time she goes home she goes home and she steals one of her parents old cell phones and she brings it and next time she's with her friends she's like yeah look at my cell phone and she's showing her friends this old cell phone and she's just pretending to have a cell phone and the parents were telling me this story that's what this stolen valor thing is can you imagine being a grown ass man and telling someone you're something you're not by the way that's 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 the entirety of the city of Los Angeles. That's why I can't stand that place. That is more than 51% of the people in Los Angeles are just straight motherfucking liars. And they're perfectly okay with it. Telling someone you're a fucking Navy SEAL when you're a fucking grown-ass man when you weren't is like a fucking nine-year-old pretending like they have a fucking cell phone. Look at this shit. Fuck, now I'm on fire. This is fucking crazy. This shit scares me more than anything I've ever heard Joe Biden or anyone or any, like any of the politics shit. This shit scares me. This shit scares me more than fucking forcing people to take drugs, what I'm about to show you. This scares the shit out of me. This came from Spotify for podcasters. This is called building a loyal fan base. Spotify put this out. Building a loyal fan base. This is the, their master's class for podcasters right here. This is their master's class for podcasters. Hey, everyone. Let me repeat. What I'm about to show you is someone talking to me about building a master's class for podcasters. This is supposedly... What and, and by master's class, I'm bringing the presupposition to it is it would get you a lot of viewers and the ability to make a living doing podcasts. Now watch this guy. One, great to have you join us for another episode of Spotify for Podcasters Masterclass. My name is Jordan, and I spend a lot of my time speaking with creators about what we can be doing to improve your experience. This series is all about helping you get the most out of our platform. In our last episode, we were joined by Gael from Teenager Therapy to get an overview of how Spotify for Podcast. Holy shit. First of all, is that a man? I, I cannot believe all the affects and weird shit this guy is fucking doing. This is the fucking craziest, fakest shit ever. This is supposed to engage me? my time speaking with creators about what we can be doing even the word creators to improve your experience improve your experience 
This series is all about yeah, it's full Starbucks. You get the most out of our platform. what the fuck's up with these shirts? In that... our last episode, we were joined by Gael from Teenager Therapy to get an that guy's Teenager Therapy Gael overview of how Spotify for podcasters has given them the tools to reach new audiences and set their show up for success. You can find all the episodes and more over on our Creator Resources Hub. Today, we're going to be talking about engaging with your audience and building community. This guy's going to talk to me about engaging with my audience? The truth is, we've never been more connected. Whether that's across social, text, video calls, our media is becoming less of a lean back. Who, who the fuck talks like this? And here's why I'm concerned. I think this is, I think there's a whole generation that is like, um, this is them. They're just saying nothing. I think there's a whole generation of people like this that are just saying nothing and who are just fake. Look at his head. No one ever puts their head like that. No one ever puts their head like that. There's no, maybe when it's coming out of the wound, it's getting all tweaked by the fucking labia majora. Yeah, corporate. Is that what this is? Corporate? This is nuts, dude. This is absolute idiocy. It's just vapid talk. It's like political bullet points. Back experience and more of a real-time conversation. For a long time, oh. podcasting has kind of been a one-way street. And for some creators, that's just fine. But for a lot of you, we know you want to be closer to your audience and they want to speak directly to you as well. Even his teeth. What the fuck's going on with his teeth? What did he do to his teeth? It turns out your listeners have a lot to say. They might have valuable feedback on your show that you can use to grow and improve. Or maybe you want to know their opinion on a recent episode or get a gut check on something you're trying out. But all in all, you want to create a community of like-minded listeners. That the fuck I do? You want to create a community of like-minded listeners? I do? What the fuck is going on here? This is the master's class from Spotify. I think I'm starting to get a little nervous that, that because I live in a fucking bubble that the majority of the world is just fucking idiots like this. Just the, uh, adding nothing to the conversation. Just noise. Hiller likes to say it. He just imagines it. Someone being in a room with a broom, just putting, pushing shit around. Like they have no dustpan. They're, 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 That's where Spotify comes in. We have a number of features that allow your fans to engage with you directly. We're, we're 127 in and he has said nothing. Today, we're going to show you how these tools work how other creators are using them, and why interactivity is so important to your podcast development. And while it's still early, we're already seeing promising signals for how interactivity can positively impact. Pack to show's growth and retention. On average, people who engage with Q&A or polls on Spotify are more dedicated listeners and twice as likely to keep listening to your What do you guys think? Do you think that like this? All you have to do is say something real these days and you're controversial. All you have to, like by real, I mean, you just have to land the plane. All you have to do is like um, that beetle over there is red. And now you've said something controversial. It's like that. Not, not, no one wants to ground anything. I saw I saw I saw uh, this the other day. I kind of wanted to play this for um, 
shirt men don't get it. Oh, oh, I wanted to play this for Tim. The, like, like here, look at this. I, I, I kind of want to do a put. What do you guys think? Who do you think gets, um, who do you think gets less vagina fat dudes or short dudes? What do you think is a bigger deterrent for getting pussy being obese or being short? I wish I had Caleb here to do a poll. What do you guys think? Cause I was like, I look around the world. Like I go out in the world and I'm just thinking to myself, I'm a four out of 10, but the median's a one. So it should just be raining vagina on me, but it never has. Never once in my life. Never. Never. Ne I always worked for vagina. Worked like a fucking worked. Like an ox in a field. Worked my ass off. And 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 I got a lot. I work I was a hard worker. But um uh yeah, 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 yeah. Caved Astro. Fat dudes slay these days. Short dudes are bottom of the barrel. Yep. Yep. There, it really is true. There's chicks that just don't, they're, they're, I think girls just don't, yeah, short dudes are fucked. You're just fucked. You're just fucked. Listen, look at it. Look at this. I mean, not really. Don't get me wrong. If you're short, just, just work. Just work. But, but listen, look at, listen to this. Like, I can't even believe My, it. Six foot. If I feel like I'm taller than them, I'm not going to date them. Would you exclude obesity? No. Minimum income. I would say six figures. The probability is 0.33%. So <clears throat> the dude has to be at least six foot and can't be obese and it has to make six figures. Uh, that US, makes sense. Minimum height. Imagine that being your criteria. So no one, no one who's older would ever think that, by the way. You're 5'11". The self-help book. Wow. Look at how good your posture is. Is that why you walk with your hands behind your back so you won't slouch? My grandfather used to walk like that because you're a tall girl and you don't want to slouch. I think the two biggest reasons why women slouch is if they're tall or if they have big tits and they're trying to hide them. I had this friend who – I had this, this, this girlfriend of mine. She had the greatest fucking tits ever, and she used to do her shoulders forward. And now that we're older, she doesn't do it anymore. And it's so I'm so fucking proud of her. I'm so happy for her. So happy for her. So stupid to have to do that. Uh, Bailey Walker, my husband's 5'6", and he's he's always gotten a lot of... Yeah, a lot. Yeah, he's taller than me. I'm five foot. Ernie Garza, my girlfriend's taller than me, too. I think my wife will be taller than me as I get older. I think I'm going to shrink and she's not. If I feel like I'm taller than them, I'm not going to date them. Would you exclude obesity? No. Minimum income. I would say six figures. But here's the thing. Here's the really good thing you need to know if you're a short guy. You don't want to be with someone like this. And I'm not just saying that to be mean. You want to weed the... It's nice that they're weeding themselves out already. I can't imagine having someone's height being a criteria for who I want to spend the rest of my life with. And, and just so you know, she will eventually wake the fuck up. Because when you're 52 years old, if your spouse is obese, you're stressed to the fucking max, dude. If you have a six foot two husband who's obese, 
versus a five foot husband who's not obese. You're because you're stressed because you love this person and you know that their health is um, uh, they, they put themselves in a uh, compromised uh, state. So I get I get I get it when you're um, 20. Yeah, you know, who the fuck wants a short guy when you're 20? Unless you're a Jew, Jew girls are smart. They're like they, they, they see they're like, OK. That guy has health issues. He's going to make less money and it's going to be fucking worse in the long run. Yeah, this whole Instagram account is full of that stuff. Also, though, I will say this. The guy doing the interviewing is obese. So maybe um, maybe that's why also. Oh, uh, here we go. Okay, let's see. Let's listen to another one. Do you think a 12-year-old should be able to get a tattoo? No. No. It's a pretty permanent decision. They can't make the decision for themselves yet. Something permanent on their body. Do you think a 12-year-old should be able to consent to puberty blockers? Yes. Yes. And I understand how that sounds really hypocritical. Yes, it's a permanent change on their body. But I think that at that point in their life, they probably know who they are, who they want to be. And you think so at 12 years old? Uh, yes. Do you think a 12-year-old should be able to get a tattoo? No. Please, no. Please, hold on. There's another. I want to find the short ones. The short, the short guy ones are the best. There was another good one in here. Did this one? Want honesty or flattery? Want honesty. I think boys just need to be nicer. Hottest feature on a guy. Feature on a guy. Smile. Oh. Anyway, there's a whole series in there where if you're if you're short, you're you're hosed. But don't worry. If you're if you're a short guy, do not let it stress you out. Do not even think about it. Just trust me. You want to just we any girl who's not going to date you because you're short. You you're you you have to understand. I'm not saying it's mean. You you. That's not someone you want to be with. It's not. And if you're a guy and you have weird dumb shit like that too, like, hey, I ain't fucking chick with red hair, you're fucking yourself too. Like, don't be stupid. I don't think guys are stupid like that though. Well, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I feel like there's, a, yeah, guys sabotage their shit. Uh, Samantha H., uh, Sevy is stressed, just talked about it. No, I'm not. Um, no, no, I'm not stressed. I'm excited. <clears throat> I um, the jujitsu instructors here with the boys. I'm stressed if I'm stressed because I have a booger in my nose and I want to pick out and I can't pick. It, it's going to require some digging and I can't do it, so I'm just dealing with it right now. But other than that, I'm not stressed. I'm going to the skate park today. I'm fucking pumped, and I got a new. Uh, I got this thing from Curb Cover for my kids curb cover i would show you should i show you it was expensive people should sponsor me for shit like this curb cover <clears throat> uh curb cover skateboarding there it is made the perfect oh there it is curb cover and so my kids have been doing uh, rail slides and shit i got this one and although they put it in this in this video here, they put it on a curb. My kids are so light, you don't have to. That's just a piece of steel. I I have that one and I have this one. I got this one called the block cover. So I'm taking it to the skate park today for like the fifth time. My wife took my kids to the skate park without me for the first time in probably like six months or a year. Because yesterday I was working on the studio with Sousa. So I didn't get to go 
party with them yesterday. So I'm fucking pumped. <clears throat> so there's that. I had Karn Thompson on. That was cool. It's invasion. Holy shit. The talk is. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Wait. Oh, shit. Okay. Here's another one. Okay. This is, this is nuts. Listen to this, man. We, we, this whole next generation of people that's coming up, I guess maybe my generation was dumb too, but this is hard to, this is hard to process. Here we go. It's so you can be healthy and obese. Yeah. I mean, even if you have high blood pressure, high cholesterol on the verge of a stroke, that might not be your fault, but that's genetic too. That could just get past. So right there, they conflated. First of all, he said, can you be healthy and be obese? And they said, yes, complete lie. Not true. I saw to me. And then they switched it to, it could be, gen it's not your fault. I'm like, wait, what? I'm but at the same time, people who are obese all have those th same things in common. Fair. I can't really argue with that. That's true. Consensus is it's so you can be healthy and obese. Yeah, I mean, even if you have high blood pressure, high cholesterol on the verge of a stroke, that might not be your fault, but that's genetic too. that could just get passed on to me. And I'm but at the same time, people who are obese all have those th same things in common. Fair. I can't really argue with that. That's true consensus is here's the thing so i don't care whether they're right or wrong it's just the message they're sending to obese people if you're fucking obese you don't want to be surrounded by people who who are like it's, it's like being surrounded by codependents you don't have to once again you don't have to go the opposite way you don't have to make fun of humiliate talk shit but you don't want people to be like <clears throat> yesterday i was at new leaf and there's a lady there who's very attractive. I don't know what she was. Colombian? I don't know what the fuck she was. She was dark skin. And she was 100 pounds overweight. And she's sitting on a bench. And she knows me. She's talking to me. And I don't know her. I, I, I don't know where I know her from. And she's talking to me like we know each other. And she's with these two girls who are a little older than my oldest boy who are so fucking adorable. And they're all three fucking eating ice cream. I don't know. Maybe the mom was 200 pounds overweight. Perfect jeans, like just perfect hair, thick black hair, perfect skin. And my kids are running sprints and racing and fighting and wrestling. And they're doing with their mom what their mom enjoys doing. Just eating ice cream. And I'm not blaming her. I fucking like eating ice cream too. But I just can't. I can't. I can't. And my kids are doing what I like to do. Fight, wrestle, pull hair, shove, trip. Talk shit. And that's what I'm go that's what I'm referring to. Like if you're you want to hang out with people who you, you your kids are gonna copy what you do. I go over and fuck around in the garage like for at least two or three hours every day. My kids are gonna do the exact same thing. Pick up pick up D balls, throw balls. Wrestle, climb the rope, talk on the front on the phone with my friends.
try to catch grapes in your mouth. We just got BB guns. We spend so much time just shooting shit in the backyard now. I, I, here, here, here's something. Call me crazy. If I am going to eat ice cream, I don't even do it in front of my kids. So that doesn't mean I'm not, I'm not like, fuck, I'm craving ice cream. Honey, I'll be back. I'll go eat ice cream. What I mean is, is if I go out with my kids and I buy them ice cream, I won't eat it. I'll let them eat ice cream. I'm not going to set the example in front of them where I eat ice cream. I'm going to show them discipline. But if I was out with Hiller and me and him were drove by a Popeye's, I'd stop at Popeye's and eat it. I'm not saying I hide it from them, but I let it, I have it influence my decisions. I have that voice in my head that says, hey, that's not appropriate to be doing it in front of your kids. Oh, God. I talk so much shit. It's fucking nuts. I know my, I think my wife sometimes has trouble with it because, Audrey, because it fucking gets crazy in my house. Oh no, he's ashamed hiding in the closet and eating ice cream. I knew someone was going to take it there. No, not it, you're you, the reason why you went there is because, by the way, the great opportunity for you is because you have a mind of uh, uh, a, you think in duality. If I say I don't like someone, you automatically think I dislike them. I get it. Normal. That's not it at all. It's funny that there's people who do that, and yet you can't see how. Affirmative action is also is is just one hundred percent racism that someone has to suffer to get something good. I'm not saying I I eat in the closet. Some parents don't swear in front of their kids. They're not they're not closet swears. They don't run in the closet and be like fuck cunt bitch shit slut. They just don't swear in front of their kids. I get it. It's cool. I'm not ashamed at all. I'm showing, trying to show my kid example and be disciplined. <clears throat> uh, do you think teaching your kids to talk shit? Here's the thing. If I taught them to talk shit, it would be beneficial. Unfortunately, I'm teaching them how to talk shit um, without, without intention. They just hear me talk shit. See that there's a kind of a nuance there. So I don't know. I get a little concerned. I know my, my mom has a pretty wicked sense of humor and I, and um, you know, you could accidentally hurt someone's feelings, which, which, which is important. Cause if you don't mean to hurt someone's feelings, if you don't, and it's part, if, if you, if you're trying to do one thing, but you accomplish something else, uh, that could be a problem. And, and in that respect, maybe uh, shit talkers, they could, they could, um, that could become a problem. All right. Come back, Riley. Come back. Come back. Let's, let's have it out. All right. Great show. Karn Thompson. Oh, tomorrow. Who do we have tomorrow? Tomorrow. Oh, Hunter McIntyre with Hiller, Andrew Hiller. Wow. You know, I'm talking about the difference, Riley. I'm not talking about where I eat uh, ice cream in the closet. It's not like I'm like, hey, I'm going to wait till they go to bed so I can eat sugar. 
I'm just saying that if I'm out with my kids and it's a day that they're going to get ice cream or something, I don't, I don't, I don't, I buy them ice cream and I don't eat it in front of, I don't eat ice cream. I'm going to be the example for them. It's okay. And it's worked. It's worked. My kids are very conscientious of when they're eating sugar. Like they enjoy it still, but they're very conscientious of it. <clears throat> they won't just, they won't just gravitate towards it. Here's another crazy thing that's so different about me and my kids. And they got this problem. They got this for sure from my wife. My kids can eat stuff without finishing it. So you could give my kids a milkshake. And they won't, they won't finish it. Which is crazy to me. I'm such the opposite that if my kids do get something like that and they leave all that shit in the car, I drink it all before I put it in the trash like a scumbag. Oh, yeah, there you go. I don't like drinking in front of my niece or nephew. Just feels odd. You mean like alcohol? Yeah, totally. I totally get that. Karina, um, I had Karina a uh, pace. Uh, I get so much backlash for not eating what the family's eating when we're out. It's tough, but I think showing constraints important. I had a friend who had a girlfriend and one of the sticking points of the relationship was, is that when they would go out, he wouldn't order what she ordered. And she said it made her feel bad because of how healthy he ate. And they would have like some legitimate fights over it. I was like, dude, that's batshit crazy. Batshit crazy. <laughs> Riley, yes, I don't quite understand you buying it for them when you are out and not enjoying it with them, but it's not a bad thing. There's a difference between them eating it and them watching me eat it. Do you understand that? It's the, the two totally different phenomenons. I'm the example for my kids. Two totally different phenomenons. I'm not saying my kids have never seen me eat ice cream, although I can't think of a time when they that, like. But um, I'm not going to show my kids me. Uh, um, fucking opening the fucking gummy the gummy thing and fucking scraping out 10 that are stuck to the fucking bottom at 11 o'clock at night I don't want them to see that behavior <laughs> you get it and um, I don't have a problem with uh, necessarily eating ice cream I don't want to do it in front of my kids because I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, a, I'm a role model for them it doesn't bother me that I'm not eating it with them I'm not like fuck I wish I had some But the example that I was trying to use is those people were there eating with their um, ice cream with their mom. Who was 200 pounds overweight doing her favorite pastime and my kids were doing with me what, what was more like my favorite pastime. Wrestling, pulling hair, talking shit, racing, hugging, kissing, laughing, bouncing off, you know, trying to catch grapes in our mouth. And, 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 you know, if you want, 
if you want to find like that one time I did eat ice cream with my kids, I mean, I can't remember one, but sure. If you want to find those 10 times, but what I'm saying is, is by clearly looking at this lady, this wasn't a one-off. That's what she did most of the time. Right. I could see her body. That's what she does every day at three o'clock. She eats ice cream. That's the only way you get a body like that. And now she's doing it with her kids. My met, my dad managed a topless bar and took me there one time. That might have influenced me. Uh, what I do, but you're together doing the same action. I understand you eating in their vicinity when they're not. I get what you're saying. I'm, I'm such a massive influence on my kids. Even if they're eating ice cream and I'm not, they're seeing that. I'm bigger. I'm the bigger influence on them than, um, than the ice cream. I am such a massive influence on them. That's why everyone ends up like their parents. I'm such a massive influence on them. It doesn't matter what they're doing. They're going to end up like me. Riley, let me try to explain it like this too. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a, a, a way to paint it in a different light. When I'm working out in the garage, if they walk in there, I fuck around less. Right? So if I'm doing, if I'm doing, um, if I'm doing t uh, 10 burpees on the minute for 10 minutes and my kids are in there, I do all 10 burpees as fast as I can at the top of every minute. If they're not in there, I don't know, rounds eight and nine, I'm fucking going slow. And then maybe like on the 10th rep, like I take a small, small, like half second rest at the bottom. If my kids are in there, I might do rounds nine and 10, just skip round 10 and do 20 in round nine. I'm just cognizant. And, and the, all of that I see leaves a huge impression on them. Huge impression on them. And so that, so that's, um, even if they're not working out or even if they are like whatever. Graciano's like, okay, shut the fuck up. I get it. <laughs> I know Ernie. I know Ernie says, I love my parents, but I'm trying to be the opposite. Yeah. So that's the thing. Everyone wants, everyone should want to be better than their parents for sure. But, um, Oh, okay. You're a single guy with no kids. You're learning. Okay, word. Yeah. And and by no means am I su suggesting that you be fake or hide shit or like that can't be your mindset. It's just when those dudes are around. I want to um I want to be on my A game. I, I know that's that's pretty abstract. You know, I, I don't want to be, I don't want them to see me, someone cut me off and see me flip them off. I don't, that's, that, that's just me showing me that I'm losing control and wasting energy. It's not the easiest way to live my life, most productive way, best way to get the best out of life. I want to, I'm like, whereas if they're not in the car, I might be like, yeah, fuck you. And if they're in the car, if I do that, I'll be like, oh, fuck. 
it's, it's almost like God is there with you, witnessing you. Let me tighten your shit up a little bit. Be cool. You know what I mean? I know. I feel uh, Audrey. If I'm half as good a human as my dad is, then I'm doing something right. I know. I feel that way about my parents sometimes too. They're such good people. All right. Uh, love you guys. Uh, tomorrow, uh, Hiller and Hunter going to be a wild show. I always lose control of those shows, so expect the same tomorrow. Um, I'm going to try to bring up the steroid talk with Hunter. Uh, see what he's been up to. I was I was wondering the other day, by the way, if Hiller's if uh, Hiller if uh, Hunter's ever done any porn, because he said he was going to Malibu, and I was thinking, I wonder if this guy's ever done any porn, because that used to be like a hub for porn. All right, see you guys soon. Thank you, Fanny. Mm, bye bye. <laughs>